Blog Talk Radio. We're going to sing about the faithfulness of God. Are you ready to sing with us? We're going to sing about His faithfulness. He's such a faithful God. I've seen Him show up for me in unique ways. You know, that's why I, I'm quite reckless when I worship. I start doing anyhow, anyhow, anywhere beloved. Somebody say anywhere beloved. Are you ready to worship God with me like that? That is the kind of worship I want. To put your hands on the tree.
want to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, oh, oh. If the God you serve has been faithful, if the God you serve has been faithful, I want to take five seconds and thank Him for His faithfulness. And thank Him for His faithfulness. Praise you, mighty Lord, mighty God. Mighty, mighty Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, shalom, shalom, my brother, my sister. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. This is your host, Brother in Christ, Brother Elvi Sapara. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Yeshua, to share his word, his Revelation. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hope everyone is well. Seeking the Lord, preparing to be going home with the Lord before the rapture, departure of the bride of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua, that everything. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise you, Yeshua. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, mighty Lord, mighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. Soon as Sister Lee Crystal is in, amen, we will open her microphone, and she'll be able to share her testimony, amen, her revelation, whatever God put on her heart to share, amen, Lee Crystal, Sister Lee Crystal can share tonight. She is our guest, amen, so we'll wait for her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I had gotten this week, um, thank you, Lord, two revelations, and one of them um, was regarding, amen, thank you, Lord, the great, it was the beginning of the great tribulation, where where I believe I was, which I, I'm still wondering about the revelation, and I'll share it to you why, thank you, Lord, let me go into the word, and then, hallelujah, share Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Joel 10.22, a land of darkness, as darkness itself in the shadow of death, without any order, where the light, it is darkness. The light is darkness. That, that's pretty much what I saw beginning to happen in, in, in such a way where I'm not surprised I've seen it before, but it was hallelujah. Uh, thank you, Lord. People that I know, family that I that I saw in this revelation, which I'm going to share. Hallelujah. Job 12:22. He discovered the deep things out of darkness and bring it out out to light the shadow of death. 
God is bringing out to light the shadow of death out of darkness. So for everyone to see, nothing hidden, there's nothing hidden that will not come out to light, my brother insisted. So he's bringing out to light the shadow of darkness. So whatever creatures work to walk in darkness are, are well be seen by people. Nothing will be hidden. People will see what is coming, what is going on. And that's what the Lord impressed me on me this time in this revelation. My brother and sister, there, there are things hidden right now that people don't see. May, may, some may have no idea it's happening that God is going to expose in the days to come, which will be shocking to Allah, but not to some of his people. Amen. We already know these things are going on. Amen. In one of the revelation, in this revelation, the Lord was speaking to this men of God who have put video on YouTube in regard to how the ears are being contaminated with, with, with planes that are dropping chemical, hallelujah, over our country, our nations, to make us sick. And in this revelation, I can see Jesus speaking to this man, and he was telling, it was, to me, it was like a confirmation of the things that we have heard. Remember what I say here on the Lord's Hour? We can hear other people's testimony and revelation, but it's also good when the Lord confirms it to us and shows us the things that we hear other people talking about, because a lot of it people are saying it's comparative theory, and then... It just left there. Okay, so in this revelation, the Lord was speaking to this man of God. And Jesus was telling him, the question is that we have, that I have myself, is why are we getting sick, like we're tiredness? We feel tired a lot of the times. And, and yes, we're working, of course, we're working for the Lord. But there's an extra tiredness happening in the air with people, children, family, people, older people. Younger people. And in this revelation, Jesus was speaking to him. Jesus was saying, was saying to him and showing him, look, you see these chemicals, these planes are dropping over your nations? This is what making people sick. These chemicals were making people tired. These things that were contaminating your food, the things you eat. Okay? But the Lord was saying to him, buy vitamins. Buy uh, vitamins that will help your, your, to deal with it, to combat these things, buy vitamins that will help your, your body. Amen. Besides, yes, trusting in the Lord, and, and we can always pray to the Lord and ask the Lord to, to keep us, protect us, to be under the protection. But the Lord was telling him to buy vitamins. And I heard this testimony months ago. I, it must have been over a year or two. And, you know, I heard it, but, Again, I tell people, if I hear from the Lord about it, then I can say, yes, the Lord said this. You know, so we leave it in the hand of the Lord. I don't call the person full prophet neither. This is why I tell you we need to be careful calling people full prophet. But I heard the testimony, and I listed up that. I said, okay. He says the Lord gave it to him. But I could see the Lord speaking to him in this revelation. It was his revelation to God's people, to the church. But I was standing there watching the Lord speaking to him. And the Lord did say to him to buy vitamins that will help your, your immune system, your body. Amen. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because I have always preach healing, always preach that the Lord is our healer, that he is the one that healed us according to his word. But never heard the Lord say, buy vitamins. But the Lord was saying to him to tell his people to buy vitamins, to storage of vitamins. Amen. Multivitamin vitamins. And to me, that was a little bit surprising, but amen. Thank you, Lord. It was an advice the Lord was giving him for his people for the last days, my brother and sister. Amen. So I could see the chemical these flames were dropping over our nation to contaminate our food and our water and our air and to make us tired, to make people feel sick. Because ultimately, the plan is for us to run to the hospital, run to the doctor. Because the ultimate agenda is for us to depend on doctors, medication. And the ultimate agenda is to inject you with COVID-19 vaccine, and even with the RFID, because you'll be totally dependent on them. Amen? So that, that's, that's how my week begins in that revelation. Two days after, um, yesterday morning, I got another one, and it was a, like a follow-up, diff, different than this one, but not so different, because in this one, I believe, was it in the beginning of the Great Tribulation, which is what I was thinking when I, when I was there, but at the same time, I heard someone say that during the three days of darkness, there are people that are going to turn into beasts. Okay? I didn't call no one for profit in regard to this. I don't know if it was Sister Celestial. I don't know who said this. Okay, At this moment, I don't remember who said this. But their prophet of the Lord has been saying that during the three days of darkness, there are people that are going to turn into beasts. Okay? So, okay. Praise the Lord if they say God told them this. Amen. But in this revelation then, which I was thinking it was the beginning of the great revelation, when I saw people turning, okay, but I could not tell, okay, my brother and sister, let me read a couple more verses and I go back to the, to the revelation. Uh, Job 15, 22, he believed now that he shall return out of the darkness, okay, and he waited by the sword. Sword are the one going out to kill them, to take them out. And I heard there will be government intervention during the three days of darkness, shooting, shooting these beasts, knocking these people that are going to turn, killing them. Okay? They know what is going to happen, and the army are going to be ready for them. And so when these people turn, they're going to shoot them. But Job, as I'm reading Job here, 1522 says, he, be, he believed that, he shall not return out of the darkness. This is the state of mind of those that goes into the darkness, are not walking with God, are not repenting, the wicked we will say. In his state of mind, in the moment he finds himself in the three days of darkness, he knows there's no return. Okay? Like people, when they go to hell, they know that it's forever. There's no return out of that. Okay? And he is... He is waited for by the sword. He doesn't know that the sword, that they're out to get them. They're out to kill them. My brother and sister, that's incredible. It's incredible. Okay? They don't know there's a sword ready for them, okay, to take them out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Sister Lee Chris, if she's listening, she can let us know. Praise the Lord. Either email me or go in the chat room. I'll wait for her. Amen. So, this, there will be a story waiting for them. Job 15:23. He wandered a, a brow for bread, a lack of bread. Okay? So, I mean, sometimes our economy will have a lack of bread. So, well, there will be no bread for people. Okay? A lot of people believe this is the economy falling. Job 15:23. He wandered uh, a brow for bread, saying, What is it? And the only way you can say where it's bread because it's none. You can't find none. You can't find none. Okay? Okay? So it could be that the darkness coming up, well, also there will be the lack of bread. And God showed me that we cannot go to the supermarket, example, and buy bread because they're going to implement the mark of the beast, the RFID. And you will have to be, be fully vaccinated and fully RFID. Actually, they have a hidden agenda, Biden does. And it is that they, now that the, the CBDC have gone into action this year, and companies are changing credit, union banks are changing to the CBDC, they're going to allow everyone to go into the CBDC. That's the idea. From here on, everyone will go into the CBDC. Until the moment comes what the government said, you have to show proof of fully vaccinated in RFID. There's two numbers you need to show to us in order for you to pull your money out, use some of your money, okay? Because everything is going to the CBDC. Your credit union, your bank, your local bank will send you letters soon that the federal government has ordered everyone to go into the CBDC, and you have a letter on your hand. If some of you already don't have it, and then after that, they'll keep it on for a few months. I don't know how many months until everyone feel comfortable. Everyone will start using the banks. Everyone start using the the new system of the CBDC, okay? Which is originally the Genesis system that we talked about over three years ago. That's a CBDC system, okay? That the federal government was getting ready for three years ago more. Okay, so this new system now, banks, federal banks, are feel comfortable. They love it. It's fast. They can get their money right away, millions and billions right away available. It's secure. It's very easy to use, even with Apple Pay. Actually, Amazon already ordered that all their stores have implemented, according to the federal regulation, the CBDC system machine. They have a machine, Amazon has a machine, directly that will use a CBDC anywhere in any Amazon store. And some of the airport in the United States, they're already bringing in this machine. There was a guy who made a, a YouTube video about this. He went to this Amazon store and could not, okay, because one of the requirements in that CBDC machine is you have to give the vaccination number, COVID-19 vaccine number. Okay, and he, he did, he's not vaccinated, so he couldn't purchase anything in, the, in that Amazon store. And the federal and Sister Celeste, the Lord has revealed this to her. Okay. Okay, you saw it in, in the Whole Foods store. There you go. Someone already saw it. Sister Celeste, the Lord last year spoke to her about this. 
and Jesus says to her that Amazon has been given the authority, or maybe it was the beginning of this year, the authority already to implement this in every Amazon store, CBDC machine, that without you being shipped or RFID, you cannot purchase in the store. Okay? It's already going out there. Millions of these machines will be going out. And then they'll become to be in months from now, I don't know how many months, mandatory. Okay? Mandatory. They're going to be mandatory. It's what the Lord tells us for last year. And they're already putting them out there in their store. Okay? So, my Lord, my God. Okay? It's all coming out quickly. It's all happening quickly. Quicker than what we thought. So, in yesterday morning revelation, Jesus wanted to show me something. Okay? How quickly things are going to change in our world. They're going to change so fast. That in a few months from now, we will be shocked and surprised that every time we talked about months and years ago, how already come to pass? God help us. How already in a few months from now, come to pass is what he showed me. My brother and sister. And then the great tribulation begins. My, my mother-in-law is about 72 and her husband. And in this revelation, yesterday morning, uh, so as far as we know, she's not vaccinated or him. She had listened to me on here on the Lord Tower in Spanish, mostly. And in this revelation, we are in this place where the great tribulation begins, I believe. Could have been the three days of darkness that are about to happen. This is why I'm like, Lord, Lord, okay, we shall the true. It's a question. Because according to the Lord, it's about to happen. What is about to happen, we know, is the three days of darkness. Then comes the tribulation later on. Okay? But she began, her husband began to be changed into a werewolf. I saw how his long neck stretched out. And I saw how he began to change. When I looked at her who was next to him, she began to walk backward, and she also began to change, okay? My perception of her changing, that she was also going to change into a werewolf, my brother and sister. But he was already changing into a werewolf as I was seeing him, my brother and sister. And we had to... I saw my family going at the very moment when he was changing, and I saw her begin to change. I said to my wife, do you know that your mother got vaccinated? And she's like, this is in the revelation of the Lord. She's telling me, no, I didn't know this. They never told me. They, they had listened to your program, and they knew not to take the COVID-19 vaccine, but they had a lot of questions about it. They had questioned even what you said about the COVID-19 vaccine because they have friends who has taken it, and, they, and they, they, believe, they got brothers from the church who have taken it by seeing, and they think they're okay. So they, they're still questioning whether they should take it or not. And I'm, okay, everyone makes their own decision. Remember, I'm just a messenger. I give you the word from the Lord. You take it in prayer with the Lord. You seek the Lord about it. 
straight, but when you question the word of God, my Lord, help us. And then she began to change. At that very moment, I told my, my, my wife and children to go in. We were locking the door. So this is why I believe this was the three days of darkness. Because, again, to me, this was the first time the Lord is showing to me, okay, oh, that is so sad because that's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to change. And you have no control of that because that's, that's, what, that's the effect of the by seeing, okay, falling in your blood in it. Shalom, Brother Miguel. It's just the fact of the matter that we have no control of that because they made their own decision. They're adults. Amen. That is for the children of those parents that make the decision. <coughs> Excuse me. That make the decision for the children to be vaccinated. That those are sad stories because those children had no say in it. Their parents made the decision for them and got them vaccinated. And this is why, with the Lord, show me my neighbors as seven and eight, and I believe not, seven and eight and six years old, three. Of them, I believe it is. And the mother, we talked about to them about the bicep, but they still got them vaccinated. And the Lord showed me they're going to run to your door, to knock on your door in the three days of darkness, knocking, and I saw them and I heard them to please open the door for them. And God let me know we're not to open the door. We're not. Okay? And I didn't ask them for the outcome, but we know that the outcome is. Now I know is they're going to turn. They're going to turn. And when they do turn, the sword is prepared for them. Government is ready for that. They're going to start taking out these beasts. My brother and sister. It's not to say, okay, Joe 15:30. he shall now depart out of darkness, the flame to dry up in his branches, okay, this verse here, as I was reading it earlier, I didn't know that, like, what happened in Florida with the heat and with the Yellowstone awakening, neither, okay, which is volcano, okay? It's because the darkness is closed, one, that Yellowstone is awakening, and it's going to explode soon. Scientists already know this, and prophecy has been going on for years. The flame to dry up in his branches. It's going to dry up the branches. And, and, and by the breath of his mouth shall he go away. Bible interesting. So death there will be available for these people right away. Okay? It, it's just the fact of the matter. Whoever is vaccinated with COVID-19 by seeing, it's a risk of the family. Because the effect of the by seeing changes their DNA, and they're going to change into peace. Okay? They're going to change. Thank you, Lord. Joe 17, 12. They changed the mind in today. Light is short because of the darkness. So the great tribulation, this is how it is every day. Light is short. It's not like now you get eight hours. Of, no, you might get one or two, and, and it's, it's just dim, 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 okay? In the three days of darkness, it's pitch black. It's a great example of the great revelation, okay? But the three days of darkness brings a transformation. 
okay, for for the church in a transformation for the for the vaccinated into beasts, which I didn't know much about this until now. The Lord showed me, and I was so shocked by the revelation, because I we saw loved ones that we know changing, transforming into beasts that we didn't know were vaccinated, because that this is another thing people are lying to us, family who are taking the vaccine are saying to us no. But God is revealing the hidden, the lies. God is exposing darkness. And the last day will end, my brother and sister. Hallelujah. Job said in, in Job 13, 17, 13, if I waited, the grave is my house. I have made my bed in darkness. And that's, that's a good question. What are you waiting for to be repenting, to be seeking the Lord? What are you waiting for? There's no time left to wait. You'll say, if I waited, I made my house in the grave. That's exactly. If you're not waiting for Jesus, if you're not seeking the Lord now, getting ready to repentance and, and hallelujah, daily repenting, weekly fasting, daily confession, asking the Lord to cleanse you with his blood, body, soul, and spirit, you are wasting your time. And the grave will be the only thing waiting for you because they are going to take out the vaccinated. Sadly to say, and I was telling my wife, pray for your family and pray for the nonstop. That is the key. Okay, whatever they are, don't matter. It's that you are praying for them nonstop. Okay, until they're changed back into normal, until they'll be saved. And you're praying not just for them to be changed back. You are praying for their salvation. That's what's important. Pray for your family's salvation, those that are vaccinated. Pray for them to be unsafe, because I'm telling you, what is coming is the end of evil, the end of darkness, in a sense, where God is bringing a cleanse, and then whoever makes it through will be saved through a revival, because God is bringing a revival, and the revival is not for the wicked who's not repenting. The wicked will be removed. The revival will be for those that will need a second chance, because our God is a second chance God. He will give them a second chance, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Job eighteen eighteen. He shall driven, he shall be driven from the light into darkness, and chased out of the world. No more will they be part of the world. Okay, and that's exactly what happened to the vaccinated. They are chased. This world is not the world anymore. Where they are hell, are they hell in hell? In the heart of, the, of this earth, my brother and sister, it's not easy for them being down there. It's very hard, difficult. Demons are making their life very hard and difficult. And they can see them every day face to face, coming to torment them and give them bad news. Okay? They are driven from the light into darkness. How did this happen? Okay? Because for, for three days there's no sun. Darkness has come upon them. Chasing out of the world, the whole plan of the enemy to take people out of this world. God's going to allow a cleansing. There will be a cleansing coming. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Joel 19.8. He has fenced up my way that I cannot pass. He has set darkness in my path. Said Joel. This is the life of the wicked. Job experienced the life of the wicked man. That God has 
fence out the way. Fence. They cannot pass that fence. They cannot go beyond those limitations that God is setting over their lives. A fence. A fence out my way. That's the way of the wicked being fenced out. And he says, I cannot pass, Joe said. The wicked won't be able to pass these limitations, these fences that God is setting before them. Okay? And has set their pattern darkness. Their way will be totally darkness. Demon, demonic. They will change into werewolf, beast, flying bird, two-headed monster. That's the only way they're going to go by. Live by. Until they're destroyed. Unless there's a family member praying and interceding for them. Because the doors of hell cannot hold back the church from praying for anyone. For interceding. The doors of hell cannot hold back the church. Okay? Your prayer, okay, your intercession will go to heaven. And hell will be reached out. That soul can be saved. The whole... The, the doors of hell cannot hold you back and I. And they have tried and they would like to, but they cannot hold the church back. You can pray. You can intercede for anyone who's been vaccinated. And God will save them. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil also, the Bible says. Okay? He can destroy anything the devil has done to the DNA. He can overturn it. He can make them new. Bible and sisters. The power has been given to the church. It's up to you now. God have mercy. Joel 20, 26. All darkness should be hid in a secret place. A fire not blown upon shall consume him, and he shall go ill with him by letting his tabernacle. Bible insisted. So they are following the leading of the Antichrist, the tabernacle of the devil, the men of sin, Bible insisted. Hallelujah. But the whole idea of darkness is to be hid in the secret place. Bible insisted. Darkness never meant to be in for the church because we're children of the light, not of darkness, the Bible says. It is for the children of darkness that darkness has been set for. And that's the way they're going to be imprisoned into. Bible insisted. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. May God have, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mercy. Joel 23, 17, because I was not cut off from before darkness, neither had he covered the darkness from my face. In other words, Joel is thinking, why do I have to see this? Because I'm not a child of darkness. Why do I have to go through? Well, how can God then tell us about it if one of us, our brothers, or sister had not gone through this. Joel was the man that God has chosen to reveal this mystery to us. So today we can talk about it. We can preach about it. That's why when I asked the Lord, what other book in the Bible talks about the great revelation? And the Lord immediately pointed me to Joel. Joel. Remember what Joel went through? I said, wow, Lord, thank you. Joel is the book that points out to the great revelation to the three days of darkness. Clearer practically than any other book because Job in person went through it. He lived the life in his testing of a wicked. First of all, the leprosy that Job got, the same people in the Great Tribulation will go through. 
judgment is in the book of Revelation. What people go through with sickness all over their body. That's the same sickness that was in Job, that these people cursed the name of God. And then I repented, the book of Revelation says. Job went through that, but Job did not curse God because Job loved God. And any child of God that loves God will not curse him, will not curse him. Because the foundation of a child of God is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit cannot curse God. He loves God. Our foundation is love. It's not evil. So a child of God cannot curse God. My brother and sister, they can only love him. Even how, doesn't matter how angry we get. I'll give you an example. Remember Jesus in the cross when he says, Eli, Eli. Sabatini. Remember what he would say, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Okay, here is David going through the trial of his life. Remember David running from King Saul who wanted to kill him? Well, in Psalm 22, this is what he says, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? I say this to God this, this week. Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the word of my groaning. David is groaning. David is going through the worst. And, you know, unless you go through a difficult trial in your life, you, you, it's hard for you to understand David here. You say, why is he complaining about God? No, this is not just a complaint. It's that when you're going through something painful, it's difficult to deal with, and you wonder why God have allowed you to go through it, my brother and sister. Oh, my God, he says, I cry in daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the ninth season, hallelujah, I am not silenced. David is praying day and night to God, in the morning and in the night. My brother and sister, this verse where he said he prayed all night long. He cried all night long. You don't understand how difficult it is that your father in love, the people that you love, he married two of his daughters, was looking to kill him. My brother and sister, he's running for his life because he is a chosen of the Lord to be in the next king, promised through Samuel by God. He's going through a difficult time. He's hiding. And he's not carrying on his back food. Like you respect them. There were no supermarket everywhere for David to go shopping. He's running in cave. He's running in the worst place when even some other cave have been abandoned by bears and animals. David is, David is hiding in these places, having the most difficult time of his life with no food, in a lot of time with no water. My brother and sister. He crying out for God. Because he knew he could, he could die. At those moments he knew that he could die. But thou art holy, and thou inhabited the praise of Israel. He's remembering that God is God, and that God will not leave on neither forsaking him at that very moment. Verse 4, our father trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou did deliver them. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, 
of when after Joshua died, other nations invaded them. The Bible said that they cry out to God, and God delivers them from the from their enemy. And David is telling God this. Remember when you deliver our Father? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Always stand on God stand on God's promises to you and I. David said, They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And this is what God wants us to remember in the day of difficulty, in the day of pain, in the day of suffering, in the day of sickness, in the day where you feel abandoned by your family, your friends, everyone. God wants you to remember this, that there were people who found themselves in the same situation, their enemy about to take their lives, but God, they trusted in God, and God delivers them. Thank you, Lord. But I am a warned, not a man, he says. Oh, man. I reproach a man, despised by the people. Why did David feel like a warm and not even like a man? Have you ever heard such a thing? My brother and sister, warm that everybody despises, that everybody reproaches. Get out of here. I don't, and they throw away. I don't want no warmth in my house. Near my food, near my home, near anything I own, people say. David said, but I am I'm a worn, a no man, reproached of men and despised by the people. Have you, have you ever felt this way? Have you ever been in a situation when people just reject you, reproach you, get out of my way, either your husband, your wife, it don't matter. Whoever's doing this to you, you have felt like David, my brother and sister. Verse 7, all day that they see me laugh, me to scorn, they shoot out their lips. They shake their heads saying, oh, my Lord. They were making fun of David. My brothers and sisters, as a Christian, have you seen people make fun of you? Plenty of time, my brothers and sisters. Verse 8, he trusted in the Lord that he will deliver him. He let, he let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb, the womb. Thou didst to make my hope when I was up on my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I heard people say this to me. Brother Irby, I've been a Christian since, I, since my mother's belly. Thank you, Lord. My mom raised me in church. She was, when she was praying, she used to take me to church. I would, I would hear worship in the Word of God when I was in the womb. Thank you, Lord. That's so awesome. Verse 11, be not far from me, for my trap was near, for there's none to help me. And a lot of people feel the same. But a lot of time, God allows us to go through this and feel this way. So we can learn to call upon the name of the Lord in which we will be saved, the Bible says. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is expecting you to call upon his name when you feel this way, when you're going through these things. My brother and sister, what are you doing looking for other people to help you when God is waiting for you to call upon his name? 
Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is when you find Jesus. You pray that you want to seek the Lord, that you want to find Jesus. When Jesus gives you the wilderness in which you can call upon him in your life, you refuse. You complain, you murmur is what we do. When God gives you a wilderness like David, a moment of difficult in which you can call upon the name of the Lord like Job, and he says, now my eye sees you. Now I see God before in all his life. And in this trial, he saw God for the first time. You want to see Jesus? You're, you can begin to see him in your trial and difficult time. He'll show himself to you. If you say, Lord, show yourself to me, he will. But not the way you want it. It's the way he wants it. If he wants to show himself to you in a trial, in a difficult tribulation, then learn to call upon the name of the Lord in your trial and tribulation. And let him show himself to you. Verse 2, many bulls have come past me about. Strong bull of Hashem have received me around. They gape at me with their mouth and reverending and roaring lion. Because the enemy will send demon roaring lions. To come against your life, but fear not, Jesus said. He had to face all demons, no principality of the cross. Remember to pray through the cross against the enemy. Actually, when I pray for someone, exactly if I don't know that person is right with God or has demon in their life, I pray to the cross in Jesus' name for that person. When you pray to the cross where Jesus had to feed them, they can't come against you because you're praying through the cross. At the cross, remember, is where Jesus defeated them. He overcame all demons of principality, process of the church at the cross. Thank you, Lord. Verse I pour like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like was. It's melted in the midst of my body. Have you ever gone through this situation where everything in you is failing. Not just people around you or your computer or your machine or your car breaking down or your things in your house breaking down. Everything else is. David went through this. Bible insisted. Thank you, Lord. God will allow you to go through it. But there you will find God. You will see Jesus. If you learn to call upon his name, he'll be saved. Hallelujah. My strength, verse 15, he says, I drop out like a posture, posture. My tongue cling to my jaw. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. My brother and sister, I don't know if this was a sickness that they was going through, but it was one of the most difficult situations he found himself in. Hallelujah. He fell close to death. In his situation, some people say, brother, I think I'm dying. No, you're not. You're feeling like David is what you're feeling. You're going through a testing like David and Job. It's what you're going through, but you're not dying yet. Not yet. God is holding you in the palm of his hand. Years ago, when people complained to me about this, I went to the Lord in prayer. And I said, Lord, look what your little ones are going through. They're about to fall. And Jesus took me to heaven and showed me. 
and show me all my brothers and sisters in the palm of his hand. And I can see them there. And with his mighty arm, he was holding them. And he says, they will not fall because I am the one holding their lives in the palm of my hand. Oh, man, I was so shocked when he brought me back. What a revelation. What an experience. I can see God's people that I thought they would fall. They were about to fall. Because some people were saying, Brother Ovi, I can't take no more. This is too hard. This is too difficult. We have waited too long. Jesus was holding them in the palm of his hand. My brother and sister. Shalom, Sister Luna. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 16, for far dogs have surrounded me, he says. The assembly of the wicked are enclosing me. They pierce my hand and my feet. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It looks like David went through the experience of piercing his hand and feet. And I'm going to tell you why he, David, went through this himself. Jeremiah was beaten. All of his body and back, he was whipped so deep. They scorned his back. I was watching a new cartoon they made of Jeremiah. Because it looks like some Christians now are seeing that in a lot of Hollywood movies and cartoons, there has been done no justice to, about Jeremiah. And someone has seen wound in the back of Jeremiah. And the wound were very deep. The Bible said he, he carries our wounds, our transgressions. My brother and sister. Okay? He has to carry what his prophet went through on himself in order to bring justice to them. See, you cannot bring justice to someone unless justice is served. In order for him to serve justice, hallelujah, as a judge and a lawyer, it has to be fulfilled 100%. My brother insisted. He was despised and rejected, man, just like David. A man of sorrow, just like David and Job. Acquainted with grief, just like David and Job. And we hid as we were a face from him, just like us when we are ashamed. He was despised. Hallelujah. Just like David and Job. He was sting not, just like David and Job. Surely he had borne a grief, just like us we go through in David and Job, and carry our sorrow, just like J David and Job in Jeremiah. We sting him not. He was stricken just like Jeremiah, my brother and sister, and God's people. Smitten of God and afflicted just like Job and David. He was wounded just like Jeremiah and Paul. Hallelujah for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity just like Jeremiah and Job in the church. Hallelujah in the Middle East. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Just like the church in the last days. He was, his, by his stripe we were healed. Hallelujah. Just like Jeremiah carried stripe and Paul on his back. Hallelujah. But God healed him for what Jesus did on the cross. Everything Jesus carried upon himself. 
was what the prophet in the church would go through on their lives, on their work with God. Everything they had done to God, prophet, Job and David, David was pierced in his arm, in his legs. So Messiah, in order to do David justice, needed to be pierced in his arm and in his legs. My brother and sisters, my Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For those around me in the assembly of the wicked close me, they have pierced my hand and my feet, says David. Oh, my Lord, my God. They pierced him. They, their, their arrow penetrated David's feet. It penetrated his hand. And in order for Messiah to do him justice, Messiah hand and feet needed also to be pierced. My brother and sister, justice been served in Messiah for each and one of us. Hallelujah. He has carried anything you and I may go through and gone through and will go through. Nothing more they can do to us. He will not give us more than what he took upon the cross for any of us. And for those that are beheaded, for those that are killed, he was killed. He died on the cross. He says, Father, unto thy hand I command my spirit and died. He gave up his life in order to have do justice on those Christians that are killed in the Middle East for the gospel. Those that have been killed for thousands of years for, for the word of God and for his testimony. He carried everything on the cross. There's nothing you can say you've gone through worse than him. Because there's no way possible. Anyone, anyone or anyone can serve more than Messiah. Because God will not allow that on anyone. God will not allow you to suffer more than his son. No way possible that you can suffer more than Jesus. Okay? Because everything that you will suffer is in winning in his word. Okay? Even if one day they pierce your arm and they pierce your feet, Jesus already has been pierced for you. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Verse 17, I can count all my bones. They look and stare upon me. If you are so skinny that people can count all your bones, you may have a disease that you cannot eat like some people. And all you do is vomit and suffer in pain. Whatever it is, Jesus already carried that upon himself, upon the cross. My brother insisted. He says, I can count all my bones. Imagine counting all your bones. Well, when you get to this level, I, my brother Raphael, who died in the hospital, he encountered a really rare disease in his body. But he believed in God. And when I went to see him in the hospital, I could not recognize my friend Raphael, my brother in Christ. Because all I could see was all his bones on the bed. And the family asked the doctor, what, what was wrong with him? Why was he getting skinnier every day and all you can see is bone? 
And they said that he encountered a rare disease that had no cure, that he was going to die. My brother and sister, hallelujah. But God allowed this. God allowed this. But never did he curse the Lord. Never. Because right there dying in, in bed, Jesus was with him. And Jesus gave him peace. His peace, not like the world gave it. He gave him peace. When my friend Raphael, brother in Christ, was smiling as he was dying off, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, was there with him, giving him tremendous peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. My brother Raphael had a smile while he was dying. Explain that to me. Because I saw it, and I could not comprehend it. How can someone dying have so much peace and so much joy? My brother and sister, the nurse could not understand it. The doctor could not understand. How can someone dying in bed where you can see all, you see it bones, still have a smile on their lips and speak with joy? Hallelujah. I was more broken than him. I was crying inside. I don't know how many of you have seen a friend that you love, a brother in Christ that you love, and you don't want to show them how grateful the situation is because you're there to encourage them. I was crying inside for him. I was crying inside because I couldn't believe that my brother, my friend was there dying. So skinny that you can count his bones. And he had a smile and joy of the Lord that when you walk into the room, you can feel the presence. You can feel the joy. You can feel the peace. How can this be? How can you have a piece of heaven in the middle of someone dying? Shalom, Sister Renee. My brothers and sisters, the joy of the Lord is my strength, says David. God gave him strength through joy of the Lord. My Lord, my God, have mercy on us. I can count all my bones, David said. They look and stare upon me. Messiah went to the cross the same. You can count all his bones. There's nothing that you and I can go through. The Messiah did not crucify on the cross and gave us victory over it, including death. He overcame death. They poured my garments, says David, up among them, cast lot upon my bastard. Hallelujah. They cast lot. This was the king of Israel. One of the most anointed men of God. And this is what how people treated him. Like a worm. My brother insisted. In his trial, they abandoned him. They forsaken him. He cannot count on them not even to pray for him. My brother insisted. They mocked him. Verse 19. But be thou not far from me, O Lord. Oh, my strength, hasten thee to help me. David can only trust in the Lord, not in his brothers and sisters. 
that should have been there for him. Where were his brothers and sisters? Even his wife was not with him. Not even neither of the daughters of King Saul was there. Who one time allowed David to run through the wind, escaping from the father who was looking to kill him. My Lord, my God. Deliver my soul from the sword. My only one from the power of the dog. And this is, he's calling them dog, but he's, they, were, they also had an animal. Because they were looking for David like an animal. By the order of King Saul, the king of Israel. My brother and sister, they were looking to kill David. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Deliver myself from the sword. They had sword. Deliver from the power of the dog. They had dog with them. You see it today, the canine. What did the police use? The canine. How did they, why did they use the canine? Because it's been used for thousands of years. Canine when they're looking for someone. David was being looked out with canine too. To kill him. To hunt him. By order of King Saul. Have you ever heard that before? It's in the word of God. They were looking for him with dogs. They usually use canine or people looking for David. My Lord, my God. What did David find himself? Verse 21, save me from the lion's mouth. For thou hast hurt me from the horn of a unicorn. Hallelujah. When you can see God riding on a unicorn. You know he is close to you. My brother insisted. God showed himself to David in so many ways. Riding on a unicorn. On the horn of a unicorn, he says. You talk to people about unicorn today, they don't believe. They think it's fantasy. Not when God shows you unicorn. They're not fantasy. God has them somewhere. My brother insisted. He has them. Remember when he took me up, up, and up over the heavens and showed me this planet, and there was all kinds of dinosaurs. I was shocked because I read them about them in the Bible. But were they real? Are they real? Was my question, God. God wanted to show me that his word is true. No matter what people say, no matter what scientist says, no matter what professor says, that this was fantasy. They are real in God. God says they are. Save me from the lion's mouth. That have hurt me from the horn of a unicorn. Unicorns are real. My brother and sister, not fantasy animals. Verse 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. David, I hope that one day, he will find himself in the middle of his brothers and sisters, the congregation, and he look forward to declare God's name. Because it was in the name of God, he was being delivered from the lion and from the dog, the canine they had, hunting him down like a beast, like an animal, like a hog, like a, any other animal. My brother and sister, like a sheep. Verse 23, yet the fear of the Lord, praise him 
OG, the seed of Jacob, glorified him, the fear, fear him. Oh, gee, the seed of Israel. We are the seed of Israel. We need to glorify the name of the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise be his name. Hallelujah. Verse 24. For he had not the spinal, a whore, the affliction of the afflicted. Neither had he hid his face from him. When he had cried unto him, he hears. You want to see Jesus. Mostly he will show to you himself to you in your affliction. You may see it. His light, his his light, a reflection of the Lord in your affliction. One day I was in an affliction. I was going to the bathroom in the other house. Down the hall of the bathroom there was another door which sometimes we will leave open. And there was a back room in the house. I saw him, his light, walking in the back room, but he was pure light. I was not asleep. I was just getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And he was walking back there. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. He doesn't hide his face from the afflicted, David said. For he had not the spine nor hoard the affliction of the afflicted. Neither he hid his face from him. He will not hide his face from you. Remember when I said, Lord, hallelujah, many are asking, Lord, for you to show yourself to him. And he says, why do my people think I'm hiding myself from them? See, David said he doesn't hide his face from the afflicted. In the affliction, many, instead of running toward the Lord, they run away from the Lord. And when you do that, you miss to see him in the midst of your affliction. Learn that when the enemy rises, when your affliction rises, hide yourself in him. Run toward him. Run toward prayer in your affliction. If you never pray on your knees, throw yourself on your knees in your affliction and cry out to him. Look for him more in your affliction than in your day of joy and peace. My brothers, that's what David did. He will cry all night long. He will cry all day long. Jesus, show us an example in Gethsemane, in the worst day of his life, before he got arrested, put a cross on his back and a thorn, a crown of thorn on his head to being crucified, he went and knelt down to pray and said, Father, if it's thy will, pass the cup away from me. They said, but now my will be done, thy will be done. My brothers, he prayed to the Father and said, Peter, Matthew, could you not pray one hour with me? At that very moment, he wanted his brothers and sisters to pray. But they, they fell asleep. They were so tired. All day long, they were evangelizing. Evangelizing. Their feet hurt. Their body hurt. Literally hurt. People think that they were lazy. No, they were walking all day long, preaching, helping the poor. Their body hurt so much. 
But Jesus never let hurt and pain stop him from doing the will of the Father. My brother and sister, when you learn to pray, someone said this to me many years ago, Brother Elvie, when you learn to pray through, when you when your body says no because of the pain, hurting, and suffering, when you learn to pray, to pray through the most difficult situation you're going through, you are going to find something special from God. Jesus prayed through the hardest situation, my brother and sister, and find strength and peace to being crucified during the word of the Father. When you, when you can do the same, when you follow the same step of Christ, you're going to find something special in him, my brother and sister. I don't know Sister Celestia, uh, Sister Lee Christian, sorry, had uh, joined us. I don't see her in the chat room, so I'm not sure. I'm checking my email. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I said to the Lord, Lord, what am I going to give? Last night, praise you, Lord. What, Lord? He knows what. He gave us his bread when we need it in time. Verse 25, my praise should be of thee in great congregation. I will pay my bow before them that fear him. The meat shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Amen. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. Yes, this millennium is coming. Thousand year reign with Christ. Where everyone will come to Jerusalem to worship him. And from anywhere on the earth people will worship the Lord. That is sure the word of God. Verse 28, for the kingdom is the Lord. He is the governor among the nations. Yes, the millennium will be reigned by Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He will be the president, the king of kings and lord of lords. From Jerusalem, he will lead the nations, and all the nations will follow him. He will have his own police everywhere, and they all will give an account to him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 29, And all they that are upon the earth shall eat and worship. Listen. So you know that in the millennium, no one will lack any food. Jesus will make sure in his system that he's going to establish on the earth that all that are, that, that are fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dark shore Bow before him, for none keep alive in his own, his own soul. Can keep alive, the Lord will keep him alive. Thank you, Lord. And she shall serve him and shall be accounted to the Lord for generation. He has chosen unto himself, as David, a seed, a people, a nation. Hallelujah. And they will serve him. That's the one thing the Lord revealed to me, that the church he is elected, elected for himself, will serve him in the millennium. For that thousand year, we are to serve people the word of God. Those that are coming out of the valleys in the great tribulation are going to learn the way that the Lord threw us 
Jesus is going to use us to preach, to teach them his word, his revelation, face to face. And if they had any doubt or any question, gee, they all see the Lord himself coming among them. And the Lord can tell, listen to my servant. He preaches my word. Thank you, Lord. Verse 31, they shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto the people, and they shall be born, and he hath done this. Listen. Hallelujah. David said that there will be people born. In other words, people will have children in the millennium. Okay? They will be born. Hallelujah. Can also men be born again? My brother and sister. He hath done this. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness. What have we chosen for? To declare the Lord's righteousness. Why do they why do they need to know the Lord's righteousness? Because every single soul will be accounted before the white throne judgment. And when they have heard and been taught the word of God and the righteousness of the Lord, one day they will have to be before Father giving an account. The judge of all. The judge of all creation. They will give an account to him. They will have to say for themselves to him, my brother and sister. It's just the way things are established by God. For the kingdom is the Lord. His kingdom, Messiah kingdom, Jesus' kingdom. He established himself among his people as God because he is God forever and ever. Ordained after the order of Melchizedek, my brother and sister, the high priest for God's people. He lived to intercede for each and one of us. Because each and one of us, why do we need a high priest? Because still down here will make mistakes. What was the job of the high priest every year? He will come with a sacrifice before the judge, God, and give an account for their sins. And that their guilt will be put on the bull, bull who will be sacrificed for the sin of the people. But it represents Christ on the cross. So now Christ has gone into the Holy of Holy forevermore to give an account for you and I. So when we sin, make a mistake, and we say, God, forgive me, and sorry, my brother and sister, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. I die for them on the cross. I share my blood. And Father looks at the blood of Jesus on the cross being poured for us and says, yes, my son, I forgive him. It required the blood of the lamb, innocent blood. None is more pure and holy and innocent than the blood of Jesus because he has no guilt in him, no sin. He never sinned. There's no sin you can see in his blood. It's pure. Purer than the blood of the animal. Because the earth was already contaminated. Now, I think about the blood of the animal now. Because it was not the blood of the animal we know. It was the blood of the animal that God provided unto himself. See, we can never give to God anything that God doesn't already own. So this is why when I had question about the sacrifice of the bull that was sacrificed every year, the Lord took me to the Old Testament in the Spirit. I was standing there. 
The priest was out looking for a sacrifice for the sin of the people. And I stopped when the Lord made a lamp appear. The lamb had no marking. The lamb was pure. But it was a lamb type of Christ that God had just made appear. It cannot be an earthly lamb. It has to be a lamb from heaven, pure, like Christ, to match the level of holiness of Christ. Not an earthly sacrifice. See, this is why when Isaac asked Abraham about the sacrifice, what did Abraham say? God will provide unto himself a lamb, he says. See, it was not an earthly lamb like we think when we read that the priest will go and find a lamb and sacrifice it for the sin of people. No, that's not the way it is. That's not the way because, see, Abraham said God will provide himself a lamb. Every year they did the sacrifice, God provided miraculously a, himself a lamb. I thought it was that they found a lamb that was pure with no mark, no marking anything, like they're looking for one now, and that will be the lamb. No, that's not the way it was. It's that God provided himself a lamb, put it among them, and when they saw it, they had no marking pure and holy, then they sacrificed for the sin of the people. But God provided himself a lamb. My brother, there's nothing we can offer God for our sin. My brother and sister. That's why God has given us the gift of forgiveness, another miracle. You don't repent. The gift of repenting. You don't repent because you feel like it. You repent because God already given you that gift. In order for you to repent. You notice how some people can sin and sin. And don't feel like repenting. And you can tell them all day long to repent. They say get out of here. I don't want to hear it. My brother and sister. Think about it for a second. Because that's where wisdom comes. The wisdom of God comes. Hallelujah. It's gone out into all the earth. My brother and sister. The wisdom of the Lord. And if we want the Lord to give us wisdom, we got to ask for it. He'll show us. He'll show us the way. And the way is always Messiah. God will provide himself a lamb. Hallelujah. It cannot be any other way. We wish it was any other way. We wish we can find it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Genesis 22 eight. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Cannot be any other way. How can Abraham understood this so clear? How can Abraham understood this and there's so many people that don't? They think that the priest just found a lamb by coincidence. That they were looking all day long to all, throughout all the animal, all the far land, and they found one. No. The lamb, God has to provide it. This is a miracle. This is the, it all signifies Christ going to the cross for us. So the lamb has to be like Christ. This is why Christians need to be like Christ. And how can they be like Christ? You have to be born again. 
There's no other way. My brother, my sister, you have to be born again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is what Paul says to the Corinthians. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen. Second Corinthians 5. For we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, was disclosed, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. What God gives unto himself is eternal. He's not going to give unto himself something temporary. He allowed a temporary down here, but a life for him. His plan is eternal, my brothers and sisters. For this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed uh, with our own house, which is in heaven. Where is truly our body, our house, our glorified body that we're looking forward to have? Is in heaven, like the lamb that God brought down on earth to be crucified. It was in heaven, my brother and sister. Thou being so clothed, we should not be found naked. That's why in the day of the Lord, when we are ratchet the pasture to being with him, to meeting the Lord in the cloud, we are not naked. We are clothed. Why? Because if you have been repenting and seeking the Lord now, your body that is in heaven that you're going to be clothed with, they already have the, the, the garment of righteousness upon it. Verse 4, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not because we will be unclothed, but clothed about. Mortality might be swallowed up by life. In the moment we are changed, transformed into our glorified body, nothing mortal, nothing of this life, no weapon form will prosper against us. We will have victory over this life and over any weapon of this life. No military tank, no laser weapon, nothing can harm us of this life and are soon to be put on us the glorious body that we're, going, we're looking forward to having. It's already in heaven. I see my body. I have been in it. I have moved in heaven. Faster than light. I don't know how many hundreds of times faster than light in my glorified body. Without any issue, get getting tired. We're going to be clothed with it soon. Hallelujah. I don't know how many are looking forward to that. But for now, he has brought up brought for us the self-same thing is God, who also has given to us the pledge of his spirit. Hallelujah. God has sweared. God has promised. He said he will give us his spirit. Hallelujah. We are clothed with the Holy Spirit of God. My brother and sister, the seal that is respected by evil, by darkness. This is why we don't fear darkness. Darkness can come any day. Jesus overcame darkness. Jesus overcame because he's the light. Light overcomes darkness any day, any hour, any second. Thank you, Lord. We're children of the light. That's why he doesn't want us to fear darkness. Verse 6. Therefore, we are always comforting 
knowing that, that while we are at home in the body, we're asking from the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Soon, heaven, even we are in our glorified body, they're about to receive. Once we receive it, we'll feel one with heaven. We know right away we belong to heaven, that we are in eternity, that we are one with God, one with eternity, and that nothing will ever harm us. We will have this self-confidence, as Paul, self-confidence. Each believer will have this self-confidence. Thank you, Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. We are confident, I say, willing water to be acting from the body and to be present with the Lord. In other words, that if we die, it doesn't matter if we die. We will be with the Lord, present. Hallelujah. Because we're already there sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 says. Hallelujah. Verse 9. Therefore we labor, that were the presence of actions, we will be accepted by him. We labored. This is why we labor. We have to labor in truth and righteousness and holiness. Maintain our position with God. That we have a confidence of when he show us to us, we are just like him, holy and righteous. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. Imagine the bad things and the good things being put out in the open. I remember being in this judgment seat of Christ while people were passing through forward in front of all the congregation there, and there were many people there. They were asking them about their things, their behavior, things they did on the earth that they should have not done and things that they did that they served praise to the Lord. They give an account for the good things. They were also giving an account for the bad things. And why do you make that decision? And why do you do that? Then they, they were quiet to listen to what the person has to say. And you can say, I'm sorry. You can say, I didn't mean to. You could say, I was weak. I should have not said that. I should have not done that. But you have to give an account in front of all those witnesses, holy, righteous men and women of God, redeems. God help us for that day because it's coming. It was revealed to me that as soon as we come up and we do everything, we're going to meet our family, this and that, go here, go there. There comes us to give an account, the judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to meet there, my brother and sister. Everything you didn't know about me will be revealed there. And everything also that you know about me will be revealed there. The good and the bad. Okay? Some people say in the ugly. It's all going to be revealed. The good and the bad, the Word of God says. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We are made manifested unto God. And I trust also we are made manifested unto your conscience. For we command ourselves against 
again unto you, but we give you an occasion to glory in our behalf, that ye may have something to answer, those who glory in appearance, not in the heart. So if you glory in appearance and not in the heart, you still got to give an answer, he says. It doesn't matter. You have to give an answer. The judgment seat of Christ. My brother insisted. Verse 13, for if we be beside ourselves, it is for God. If we be sore-minded, it is for your cause. Sore-minded. Hallelujah. For the love of Christ constrain us. Because we thus judge that if one die for all, then all were dead. Amen. Verse 15. And that he die for all, that who live should not him for live unto himself, but unto him that died for them and rose again. Therefore, and forth, now we know no man according to the flesh, yea, though we know Christ, according to the flesh, yet henceforth we know him, not so no more. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. My brother insisted each one of us will give an account to Christ for our lives, for our actions, our behavior, murmuring, complaining. This is why we should not be murmuring like the children of Israel in the wilderness. We should not complain. Because when we murmur and complain, it's only delays. It delayed things because the children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness murmuring and complaining. And it was all delayed. All the promise was delayed for them to receive them. They, would they, did the children of Israel's children receive the promise? Yes, they did. The children did after 40 years. According to the promise of God, that God is faithful to his promise. They received the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey. We've been promised heaven. The New Jerusalem, we're going to receive all those promises, my brother and sister. God help us. God help us to endure. God help us to persevere. I don't know what happened with Sister Lee Christian tonight, but I hope this word tonight have encouraged you to keep your eyes on Jesus and know that whatever sorrow they went through, Jesus carried, and whatever sorrow you and I will go through, Jesus already carried. Here's the Sister Celestia, ladies, out here. Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial, and you're welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you're very welcome. The Master's Voice is available on several platforms, such as Apple and Google and Spotify and SoundCloud in audio format, if you prefer to listen in podcast format. In video format, I'm here on YouTube in English as the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. I'm also here on YouTube in Spanish as Canal Profetico La Voz del Señor. I'm also on Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. I am on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And I will endeavor to leave those links underneath the video. If they're not left immediately, I will try to come back at a different time and update the description box. Today's prophecy is a prophecy that I received last night, and the Lord really wanted this word to go up. But for various reasons, I was simply unable to prepare it in time. It came very late, and I decided that I would do it first thing in the morning. And so today's prophecy is not a new prophecy. It has been coming uh, here on the Master's Voice for at least, 
let me see, 2020, 2021, 2022, this would be the fourth year that I am proclaiming this prophecy. It first came, I think, around about the middle of the year. And what the Lord is doing with these prophecies is there are certain themes on the Master's voice that never change. Russia and China is one of those themes. It's one of the first prophecies that I started making videos with. It's one of the oldest prophecies that I received. I think around 2014 was the first time that the Lord just started showing me dreams and showing me scenes of Russia here in the United States being very savage and very vicious, not a situation of sending nukes and bombs and everything, but actual presence. They will have a physical presence here in the United States. They will come. It will be an invasion from the land, from the sea, and from the sky. So that's one of the themes. Another theme is that America will be hit with diseases. Another theme is that America would have... Um, America is going to have severe judgments, natural judgments, floods and fire, and even lava. Lava was one of the most amazing things, one of the most amazing prophecies that I've ever heard from God, that America is going to suffer um, extremely weak ground, and the ground is just literally going to tear open in some places, and the lava is going to come out like water. So the kind of lava that we will have here as a judgment and a punishment upon the land is not going to be any kind of slow, thick-moving lava like you see has been erupting for about two years in Hawaii. It is going to be the ground will suddenly rip open and there will be a literal lava fountain beneath it that will come out and it moves with the speed of water. And what I saw is that it was a judgment of God upon the United States of America for sin, for the gross sins, for the crimes, for the atrocities, for the extremely rebellious nature of the people of this country, for having a stiff neck and a proud tongue that resists the Lord. And so there are themes of natural disasters, there's Russia and China, and along the spectrum of things that I have covered here over the last three years in video and four years in print on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, you can find that at www.the-masters-voice.com. One of the themes that was introduced around about the middle part of the year, a theme that I had not heard from God previously and that also surprised me, is civil war. God has brought the word of civil war since the middle of 2020. The two prophecies are war is coming and prepare for war. One was in July of 2020. One was in August of 2020. And once those two prophecies entered in, God has repeatedly returned to discussing civil war, what civil war is, what it really means for a country. He has highlighted that people in America have no concept of war, that war to America is a game that they watch on TV. War is one of America's exports. This nation goes to other countries and causes them devastation, causes them extreme loss of life, causes them destruction of national security, causes them destruction of their physical infrastructure, bombs them, um, takes what they have, pillages them and marauds them, and then brings back the spoils of war to her country. And God says that nobody should say that it is the government fault because Americans have supported all the wars that have been waged. The small minority, for instance, that was protesting Vietnam, it didn't stop the government. The majority of people felt that the Viet Cong needed to be ta taught a lesson. And there is a comprehensive prophecy here on the Master's Voice where the Lord brought me to show what kind of carnage and what kind of disease that thing that America created called 
Agent Orange caused in that country more than 60 or 70 years ago and how the effects of that are still manifesting as sickness and terrible disfigurement in the people of that country today. So God is basically saying that America wages war, but a vicious kind of war whereby she wages it from a distance so that no harm is caused to those who fight the wars, no harm is caused to those who plan the wars, and no harm is caused to those who support the wars. It's, it's an amalgam of agreements that has very, very little cost um, of America. And one of the secretaries of state, I think it was Madam Madeleine Albright, is on record as saying that if America has goals and objectives to achieve and hundreds of thousands of people die as they did in Iraq, that is simply collateral damage. So no one can pretend that they don't know these things, that they've never heard these things. It is only the younger generation that is not up to date of the history of their own country because they're on Facebook and Snapchat staring at each other using filters and taking 200 pictures of themselves per hour. They are the ones who are behind on the truth of what America does. God is not behind on the truth of this nation. And my job as I serve the Lord is to bring out all the information. So to those who hear the information on the master's voice and say, my politics are showing, all I can say to you is that your ignorance is showing, your cognitive dissonance is showing, and also a deep spiritual confusion whereby you think that the Lord will bring forth words at this juncture in time, and then you can say something back, and because you are upset or you are angry or you mock it or you say it will never happen, something in your heart actually convinces you that just by the movement of your lips, what you're saying will overturn the word of the Lord. But it shall not. God's word is eternal, and God's prophecies to America are not conditional. This is what the Lord was putting on my heart before I put the camera on. I always pray and ask him if there is anything. And that is what was given to me. That when a messenger stands up in a country and begins to speak, the first sign already to the people of that nation should be, you are not doing well. God is not pleased with you, especially if the message is not of peace, especially if the message is not of continuance, meaning like God said to David, which we can find in Psalm 12, that I will never cease to have a man, Psalm 18, that I will let your kingdom continue. David was so amazed by the promises that God made him in his genealogy that God would protect his portion as king and would always have a man of David standing before God. That is a prophecy to a man who does well. When God comes and tells you, I will secure your legacy, I will secure you inheritance, I will guide your sons to make sure that they are good leaders, then you can know that God is promising something to one who has done well. But when the prophets stand up and begin to condemn you, and they begin to sit before you year after year after year, listing out the filth that is taking place in the nation, and then people are saying, it's too filthy and it's too graphic. If you didn't want it to be filthy, you should not have been filthy and graphic. You cannot deny the things that God is saying. That's the first thing. Once someone stands up and begins to declare the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord is not good, it is an open sign that you are not doing well. Secondly, by now, even the children should know that the prophecies I'm bringing here um, are not conditional. Excuse me, please. I'll just keep going. Excuse me. The prophecies are not conditional. You have never seen me coming here and saying we are in a dire, dire situation. 
It is a desperate situation. However, the Lord is saying, if we turn, if we turn, you have never heard me say that one day. And that is because America's judgment is set. It's not going anywhere, no matter who doesn't agree and no matter who's watching something else and then wants to come here and hold me accountable. Literally jack me up and tell me how come you're not prophesying what other people are prophesying. May you please remove the wax from over your ears and the scales from over your eyes. When you look at this image, who do you see sitting here? Do you see other people sitting here or do you see that it's just me? As long as you can perceive that there is one individual here, I am responsible for the words that I receive. And I will bring all the words that I receive. I will leave nothing out. I care nothing for the listener's discomfort because you seem to care nothing for mine. And if I'm able as a female to set discomfort aside and carry out this assignment, then excuse me if I do not extend an overarching care that people don't like or do not want to receive what is being said. I serve God alone. It is his turn to speak and speak he will. The prophecy for today covers many things, and if this video tends to go missing, it will be available on the video channels like Rumble, Bitshoot, and Brighteon for you to watch. It covers the return of disease. It covers the end of civil rights in America. It covers the fact that America is not repenting. It covers the fact that the people of America are greatly deceived by the leaders they have, and some may say that's nothing new, but all I would say to you is that very few people understand the depth of deception that goes on in this country and what it will cost the average American, whether you agree to what is being done in secret or not. So it also covers the coming of a civil war. The title of the prophecy received very late last night, about midnight, is You Will Go Back. And I received this prophecy just before we crossed over to today, which is July 18th. So the prophecy is still dated July 27, 2023. And the title is, You Will Go Back. Thus says the Lord, you are going back to the days of COVID. You are going back to the days of no movement and no freedom. You're going back to the days of lockdowns and needing a permit to enter certain places. You are going backwards, not forwards, America, until you fall down at last. This is the word of the Lord. Civil rights have reached the end of their useful tenure in America. They have come to a place where every time you see them from now on, they will be on their way out. Civil rights are not going to be expanded. In fact, they're going to be reduced. You will see them getting less and less effective with smaller and smaller coverage for major issues until one day you will have no rights at all. You will lose your right to be on the streets, to go outside, to get your exercise, to do all the things that you think you're entitled to do. Entitled will not exist anymore. You have come to the end. And so I will go back to these two paragraphs with God saying that the country will head back to the days of COVID. This does not necessarily mean that that particular um, illness will come back. What God was impressing on my heart very strongly is that that was actually the first part of the prophecy I began to hear about 11, 11 p.m., and I thought it would be time to uh, prepare for bed, but that was not the case. I just started to hear you will go back. You will go back to the days of COVID. You will go back to when you were not free. 
And he's saying that we should basically prepare for another lockdown. We should basically prepare for another wave of mandates. We should prepare for another wave of very brazen, even more gripping executive orders. We should basically prepare for, in some countries, this was experienced as having to get a permit. So in this country, you could basically go outside if you were going to essential services, the supermarket, the laundromat, the hospital, if you could prove that. If you were an essential worker, you were allowed to go out and you wouldn't get harassed too much on the street. But in other countries, I've been made aware by people who live outside America, such as in Africa, that there was actually a permit system tied to a quota system. So people needed to get a permit. You needed to apply online and get a permit from the government that said, I need to do shopping. And you had to say what day you wanted to do shopping, and then they would issue you that permit. But also, there also was a quota system. If you got a permit, let's say on Monday the 15th, you had probably exhausted your rights to go out for maybe a week, two weeks. So there was a quota to how many times you could go onto this online portal and ask for the rights to go outside. So for instance, if you suddenly had a family member that needed medical attention that was non-COVID related, you might not be given a permit to go outside. So you can hear already that that is serious curtailment to the right of assembly, the right to move around, the freedom of movement. You can already hear that that was what we experienced real time. Some countries were much longer than others. America was under lockdown for much longer than a lot of places and under much more stringent restraints than a lot of places. So God is saying no freedoms, no movements, lockdowns, you will need a permit to go certain places. You're going backwards, America, not forwards. And I've said this many times in the prophecies in endless different ways because God is able to bring one point across in endless different ways. And that point is simply that, America, you're going to fall down. But before you fall down, you are going to dwindle. You're going to to subside. You're going to lose influence. And you're going to become very small in the eyes of everybody else who has always looked up to this country. People will look at America first in confusion and then in shock and finally in disdain and pity. And the Lord has said that as America is making her trajectory, for she is already, he has depicted her as a beautiful woman who has lost her beauty and who has become greatly attacked with disfiguring disease and all her previous lovers. This is all the people who think that America is the sun, the moon, and the stars. Your eyes are going to be opened by force because when you see what will happen to this country, you will lose your taste to go to the American embassy and get a visa. You will lose your taste to say that you want to come here and go to Times Square and have an experience and go to Disney World. You will find another place to spend your money. I already prophesied in 2021 that God showed me visions of people who no longer were interested in coming to America as a holiday destination. And then I recently prophesied in those very distressing visions of how sexual filth and sodomy will overflow in this country, that when Americans get to the point of being sexually intimate in the streets, even the very open-minded people in Europe will decide that they've got other places to spend their money for a holiday because of the things that they don't want to come here and see. And the foreigners who live here will pack up and go because they will find that their interests are no longer aligned with a country who has lost all sense of common decency and morality. And so God says that America is heading backwards and that one of the signs that we will see is how the civil rights will shrink. The civil rights are basically enshrined in the Constitution and tell you what you have the right to. And one of the things that he was pressing upon my heart, sometimes God will put something on my heart so strongly, but at the same time, the voice is not coming through to write it. So you can have a very strong impression as the prophecy is being given to you, and you write what is there, but that thing, the impression upon the heart, 
is not given to be written down. And so this piece will not appear in the written prophecy, but you may still hear it. One of the greatest signs, America, that you will know that you are in the era of change that I have prophesied to you since 2019 when you first saw me writing on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog is that your right to defend yourself by way of the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, you will not bear those arms anymore. I have another prophecy from a few days to go, and I will bring it up where the Lord says that... Um, the Second Amendment is going to go away. The right to bear arms to go away. Gun lobbies are going to go away. The NRA is going to be literally banned. You will become renegades and outlaws. You, the proud Texans and the proud Floridians and the proud everybody else is who has a gun and is packing. It will become fully illegal in this country. That Second Amendment, I spoke about it, and I said that it will coincide with the rulership period of um, Vice President Kamala Harris. When that woman becomes president, that is one of the first things they're going to attack, gun laws. And so I was writing this prophecy. God was pressing it upon my heart that they will not be able to have weapons anymore. Their right to defend themselves will be taken away. And that is directly linked to the type of war that will be here, Americans against Americans. One of the top aspects of that war is that the American government is going to wage a very dedicated extermination program against the citizens of this country. I said it a long time ago, 2020 and 2021. I think the prophecy is called the many words of God, where I said that it became obvious to everyone living here, including the people who live in La La Fairyland, who think that the government is always right and they care about the citizens. It became very evident that the government had gone rogue. The, go the government had completely gone off script. They weren't even trying to hide their massacring tendencies anymore. They were doing whatever they want with no regard for the law. They became lawless, is what I wrote in that prophetic word. And I saw that when the government became lawless, the people were shocked for a period of time, and they murmured and complained, and they loudly protested for a period of time. But when nothing changed, the people became lawless too. And that was one of the first stirring roots of how civil war would break out in this country. So civil rights are, have reached the end of their use in America. So how can the Lord say that civil rights have reached the end of their useful tenure in America? I spoke in recent prophecies, and I say that tenure is the right to continue. When a professor is hired, he's hired for two years. He's hired for three years based on his skill. He might be given a five-year contract because he's coming from another institution. He's well-known. He's published a lot. Students seem to like him. He has good likability scores, and he's intelligent, and he might get a five- or even a ten-year ten -year contract. But a five- or ten-year contract, though it is security, is not tenure. After five years, they can still let you go. After 10 years, they might decide that, you know, you were good, but now times have changed and they want a fresh curriculum for students and they could let you go. Tenure means that they are giving you a lifetime job. Tenure means that you can stay at that institution and even if you get old and boring and you still keep teaching the same thing and the students don't like you, the university can't fire you because they hired you for life. So... If God says that America's civil rights have reached the end of their useful life, he is telling us that the loss of civil rights have nothing to do with what you want. The loss of civil rights will have nothing to do with the fact that you have worked all your life, you're in your 60s and you are in your 70s and you are well into that period where you deserve your social security because you worked for it. They're going to take away social security. They're going to take away the welfare state. They're going to take the suckle bunny out of people's mouths. And those who depend on welfare and take it as their civil right, whether they deserve it or not, will find that it is gone. 
all those who are scamming the system and all those who really need the system is going to make absolutely no difference. The right to receive government assistance is going to go away because they are broke as anything and they are simply not going to be able to keep digging into an empty coffer and pulling out the magic bunny for anyone. Printing money is going to come to an end. So all the protections that people are guaranteed, right to free speech, we're sitting on a platform that regularly kicks videos off if they feel it's this policy and that policy. And have you noticed, America, that a policy is not as strong as a law? A policy is a company's own standard and suggestion, and there are laws protecting free speech. But YouTube, PayPal, and everybody else can take away a person's right to speak freely based merely on something that they scribbled and they put their letterhead at the top and they publish it on their website and say, as of January 4th, 2022, we're changing the policy. The policies have more rights in America than the actual laws. That is what it means when you see rights going away and coming to the end of their useful life in a country. They will decree these things away. America is going to become a land of decrees. God says rights will not be expanded as people think. So all this activism, all this social justice, whatever, all those who think that we are having strides forward, they are not strides forward. We will see civil rights applicability reduced. They will get less and less effective, and they will cover less and less major issues, meaning that when all the discussions come to the table, the decrees, the mandates, the executive orders, the laws, including the Constitution and the company policies, you're going to find all the others beating up on the laws and the Constitution. You're going to find that their voice, those two, is getting less and less and less, and the mandates, executive orders, and shelter in place for now because this is an emergency, and the company policies. If a company tells you, for instance, that they're no longer accepting cash, and it's a major big box store, and you go in there, and you're a cash buyer for 30 years, and they have changed their policy, and it's online cash only, or it's CBDC only, what are you going to do? Nothing. You will go to another store or you will just have to find a way to get the goods that you need. And that is major inconvenience. And I can tell you, because I already told you in the banking policies, that they're going to squeeze the availability of you to be able to pivot out. You will be able to pivot for a while. You can pivot here and pivot there, but they will go even to the medium stores and then the tiny stores and then to the single providers. And they will force them into this new system. It's called strong arming. And I've already said many times since 2020 that merchants have families too. Merchants have bottom lines. Merchants don't want to go out of business. Merchants want to continue. Merchants also want tenure. And therefore, the majority of them will not consider you. They will consider their livelihood and they will do whatever new policy, mandate, decree, or executive order the government is bringing. And that is how people will lose their rights. And God goes down to granular rights. You will lose the right to be on the streets. You will lose the right to go outside. You will lose your right to get exercise. You will lose the right to do all the things you think as an American you're entitled to do. So this is not just a return to the stay-at-home orders um, of COVID. It is actually coming towards a new lifestyle involving rolling lockdowns. I spoke of this many times, but the problem is that most of those videos cannot be hosted here anymore because they're under the excuse me, please, the COVID policy. So you'll simply have to go to alternate channels if you want to be able to view that type of stuff. 
So when you lose your right to go outside, when you lose your right to get into certain places unless you have a permit, in America, what do you think that permit might be? That's right. It's that little scannable QR code that people had to show on their phones, and all the people who had it on their phones were able to go to the opera and the ballet, and they were able to go to the movies, and they were able to go everywhere else because they were the acceptable people, and QR codeless people were just outside like pariahs, like the four lepers who were outside the gates of Jerusalem. And so without these permits, entitled as an American, an entitlement will not exist anymore. God says that we have come to the end. And now I continue. Why haven't you listened? Why haven't you repented? Why haven't you turned from your sins? Why do you speak as if you will continue forever? Haven't you heard my words? Haven't you heard my messenger? Haven't you understood by now that I mean what I say? I say to you, Nothing that you want will be your ending. Nothing that you want will be your result. Nothing that you desire will come. The exact opposite will come. And so this is just simply God telling America what I have always said to this country, that when the Lord is speaking, the right response is crucial to how God is going to treat you and treat your family in the future. So you might be a young single person. Maybe you're not even close with your family. You've got a happy-go-lucky life, and you're used to living by yourself. You might be a child under the control of your parents, under the rulership of your parents, and it is well that you should be because in order for you to be a ruler one day as a parent, you must first learn to obey and submit and be respectful and honor your parents in as much as you are able to if they are not absolute monsters. And even if they are, God will make a way for you in that situation. If you pray to God and you cry out to God in terrible conditions as a young person, making sure first that your garments are clean, making sure that you're not caught up in different forms of young people mess and then wanting to complain about your parents, then yes, the Lord is kind to young people. Just as he says in the prophecy, I am kind and tender with the young and I'm kind and tender with the old. But God is saying that America doesn't listen, and on top of not listening, she is constantly speaking. And you know what? That causes you not to hear God's words. You can't hear someone when your mouth is open. This is a fact. So even if this wasn't prophecy, this is just a fact that we know in normal conversation, a fact that has to be observed, for instance, in places like mosques, like churches, like work. When your boss is talking, you don't talk. Your boss talks, and then if he says, do you have thoughts on this, then you talk. But sometimes your boss talks, and then he says, this has been a good talk, and I hope to see what I said implemented. And all of you, you have jobs, those who are working. You know that when your boss says that, you're not going to say anything. You will walk away mad. You will walk away upset. You may walk away and put your music in your ears. But the one thing you don't do because you don't want your money affected is that you don't talk. But when God is talking, everyone is talking. Everyone has views. Everyone has reply videos and other things that they're doing. And so for this purpose, many people don't hear what God is saying. They hear what their own heart and their own mouth is saying. Many people do not understand, as he says. Haven't you understood by now that I mean what I say? Does this sound like something good that we want God to say to us? When a parent says to a child, do you think I'm not serious? Does this give an indication that we're heading in a good direction? God says America has not listened. America has not repented. America has not turned from her sins. America speaks as if she will continue forever. Haven't you heard my words? And haven't you heard my messenger? And haven't you understand, un understood by now that I mean what I say? And then here is God's estimation. After he's asked all these questions that he already knows the answer to, he simply says, you won't get anything you want as your final result. 
Nothing you want will be your ending. Nothing that you desire as a nation, as a person living in a nation, having hopes for the future, hoping to build up certain things. He said the exact opposite of any desire that you want to put your finger on is what will come to this country. I move on. They're playing games with you, the leaders of Babylon, this princes of Pergamum, that seat of Satan. They are enjoying themselves in your complacency and they are laughing at your foolishness as you predict and guess and continue to expect an ending that's never going to happen. I have left you to them. I have abandoned you to your killers and they will do what they do best. And so as the Lord is saying this, it is referring to quite a few prophecies that I covered on the blog. They're all there in written format. Not all of them have been made into videos. But basically God has revealed here for quite a number of years that America is quite a compromised leadership. And I always, I always say that um, when people hear these things, the first thing that pops up is their preference filter in their heart. So if you're a Republican, then the first thing that will pop up is the preference to say that everything on earth, including global warming and the death of the whales, is a Democrat's fault. Some Democrat, there must be some Democrat out there that caused the sun to go dark and the moon not to give its light. And if you're a Democrat, the first thing that pops up is that it's all the Republicans' fault because they don't listen and they're sanctimonious and they do this and that and that. When the Lord is talking about American leadership, he is always talking from a high perspective. This is something that's very difficult for a lot of people to understand. People automatically assume that God has the same brain as them. So the Bible tells us strongly, in fact, that God does not have the same brain at us as, as we do. He doesn't think as we do. He doesn't see things the way we do. God is never confused. God would never go to a blog and listen to messages and then say, well, what does this mean and what does that mean? Because God has a panoramic, eternal vista laid out before him. All things make sense. And so God always knows what he's talking about, and he's always talking from the highest conceivable level. So when God is talking about the leaders in a nation, and he calls that nation Babylon, there's two Babylons that have been applied to the United States of America. One is ancient Babylon, the land of sexual compromise, promiscuity, and great perversion until God finally destroyed that dynasty, a wealthy dynasty, a dynasty that was known for going all around the world, conquering, fighting, pillaging at its height. Babylon had 127 provinces of the known world then, meaning the areas that people had gone out and explored, even though it doesn't mean that other people were not living elsewhere. They just hadn't penetrated that far. 127 provinces. Daniel, the prophet, lived in Babylon, and God allowed that man to rise to the heights of a very corrupt and evil kingdom, serving under a succession of four very corrupt and evil leaders one of them who became turned to the knowledge and power of God, King Nebuchadnezzar. So this leadership that God is talking about is actually a system that exists in America. It is a system that no matter how clean or nice or whoever the president comes in, he shall be corrupted because the system is greater than the man. The man always becomes a figurehead, a puppet. But when people are thinking at their tiny, compromised, myopic, pinhole level like this, then they will always assume, oh, no, she's talking about this administration. I decidedly am not. Oh, she means this president. I decidedly am not. When I'm speaking, I'm speaking about things that have happened in America from before I was born. The trading of sex for power. The trading of favors for power. The corruption of power. The corruption of all people who come near the seat of power. 
This is a system, and that system is like that because there are spirits behind it. That people who do not have the shield of righteousness that Daniel possessed in the old days cannot stand up under. The minute you get to D.C., you will also become a sex for power person. You will also become a woman who decides that promotion is best on your back, or a male who decides the same. So, God is talking about high-level spiritual principalities and powers ruling in the high places that corrupt the souls of human beings. And God says that they are laughing and playing games with the American public. It is just another administration doing what countless administrations before that have done. He says that this place is the seat of Satan, ancient Pergamum. So this is in the ancient world, and this place was known as the seat of Satan, and you can find that reference in the first few chapters of the book of Revelation. He says they are enjoying how complacent Americans are. That means they're enjoying how easy it is to fool a bunch of people who believe so strongly in the system. And when they see that the system is being broken, then they become very worked up and reactive and say, no, 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 don't, don't break the system. Careful now. C- careful, careful with the system. And it's funny to them to see this foolishness because people don't want to accept that the system was only designed for people to trust in it so that it could later be broken after all the good people died, so that it could later be broken, and then people began to catch feelings and catch heart attacks and catch severe stress, watching something be broken that was designed to be broken and never thinking that there are sadistic people behind it enjoying the reactions of those who are watching their precious things be mishandled. So God says, as they watch you predict... I think we're going to take it in the next caucus. And then I think we're going to carry the house and have a majority. As they watch you, press your little prediction buttons and guess. And he says, as you continue to expect an ending that's never going to happen, they enjoy watching you and they laugh at how foolish you are. And God says, I've left you to them. I have abandoned you to your killers and they will do what they do best. And rather than go into this in detail, I will simply attach a clip at the end that will explain what it means when God says, I have abandoned you to your killers. This refers to two visions that I saw, one as the nation, one of the, uh, the excuse me, continent of Africa that was depicted as a woman who was mauled by butchers and they cut her up and took from her what they wanted. And then immediately after that, the Lord showed me a second vision. And so rather than go into that, this video is going to contain about four or five clips at the very end, that are witnesses to this that I'm saying today. So to those who are new to the blog, when you watch content here, that content stretches all the way back to 2012. Nothing is ever new. Nothing is ever reactive. Nothing is because I have CNN and MSNBC and all the BCs on in my house all day. There simply isn't time for that, and it is rank foolishness anyway. So to those who view, continue to view, that is your choice. The videos that I will attach at the end, what they do is they are a witness. Let every word be established by two or three witnesses. I will attach clips at the end that have been coming along through the years for you to see how consistent God is. Now, every prophecy is always different, and yet it also sounds exactly the same. I continue. You will go back to the days of COVID. Yes, you will. You will go back to the days of standing by a loved one's bedside separated from them by hazmat suits and protection, saying goodbye in a way you never expected. New ones are coming. New outbreaks 
new diseases. The faces of Americans will be covered with sores. I will give you sores, and I will afflict you with boils until your very flesh becomes inflamed, until there be no sound place upon you like in the book of Job. Your doctors will die trying to find a cure. They will contract what you have while they're still trying to figure out your confusing symptoms. Disease will spread like a wave in this nation, contained at the very borders as if by a wave that says, stop. It will stop right there. It will stop there. This is capital letter emphasis. And then I saw a hand that was at the border of America. So I don't know what border it was. It was just at the border of America. And I saw the hand point across the border of America. And I didn't see where the hand landed. But the place that it stopped, there was a signpost that raised up that said, stop. And the word that came into my spirit was, thus says the Lord to the proud waves, this far shall you come and no further. And the sea turned back because the Lord God told it to. And this is part of a psalm. Uh, just give me a moment, please. This is Psalm 104 that gives a lot of wonderful insight into what it was like when God was making the world. So God was alone and working on his creation over those six days. And it says in Psalm 104 from verse 5, I will read it to about verse 9, and you will see how it relates to what I just said about how the Lord pointed his finger and I saw that at a certain place across America's border. So this thing I'm talking about, I will explain in a moment. It will spread out, but there will come a place where the Lord will give a rebuke. So perhaps a continent or perhaps a nation where it will suddenly come to a halt. This second wave of disease and plague that will come. He gave a command and it stopped. And this is the verse that came into my spirit. Here is it explained. He set the earth on its foundations and it can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as a garment, and the waters stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place that you assigned for them. You set a boundary that they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. And I think there's a similar verse like this in Job chapter 38. I think it might be verse 1 or verse 11. And so God is saying that disease will come back to this country and it is going to ravage the country. And it's not necessarily going to be the disease that we just recently saw. But he is speaking here to certain experiences that were experienced by many. And he says that those experiences are coming back. Standing by your loved one's bedside, being separated from them by perhaps that plastic sheeting that they have where you have to be completely out of the room. Wearing hazmat suits, this is probably for the medical professionals and also protection. This is for the medical professionals and those who will be visiting their loved ones. Being forced to say goodbye in a way that you never expected. New ones are coming, and the Lord is speaking of new sicknesses, new diseases, new outbreaks. He said that he will give American sores and afflict them with boils until their very flesh is inflamed, until they are sick, and he will cover the faces with sores. So I spoke of these sores in one of the prophecies that had to be taken to an alternate platform. It was speaking about how 
rolling waves that the Lord simply calls pandemic sicknesses will come here, rolling wave upon wave upon wave. And what I saw is that people had things on their faces that goes far beyond the normal that the dermatologist can get involved with. It was, some of them were peeling lesions, weeping lesions, things that people try desperately to cover with makeup. So they tried desperately to cover with makeup, but you could still see the stuff under there because makeup was by no means able to handle what was going on with these people. And one of them was a small, hard, pustule bump that would come up all over the person's face. And people were caking makeup on themselves. This is men and women to try and hide. They were not blemishes to try and hide these pustules, these big bumps. Some of them were as big as boils that was on their faces and they could not. And I said that when we saw it, as soon as we saw these, uh, this onset of these things that were in the population, everybody shunned that person. There was no discussion, family member or not. There was this thing because it was highly contagious. There were two of them that I described, and I will look for that video and perhaps post it in the description box below. There were two of these illnesses, and when people saw it, they balked. And that is why people were motivated to hide it as much as they could. They would cake on stuff. They would try to hide it if it was just on the body. They'd be wearing the wrong clothing in summer and things like that to try and hide it. And the Lord was showing me, Celestial, these people have families. They have to provide for their families. These people need to pay their own costs in life. They need to pay their bills. So they are being motivated. They're not being motivated by caring what is best for everyone. And I think to a certain extent we can all understand that. They were not being motivated by what is best for society. They were being motivated by the fear of losing their apartments, the fear of losing their jobs when they had so many bills. And so for as long as they could, they hid the fact that they were sick. But unfortunately, this brought them into direct contact with other people in their working areas, other people in their family. Maybe they didn't want to get kicked out of the house, told to go and live in the the shelter or somewhere else like that. And so people lied and they hid it. And for this reason, the diseases that I saw that are coming in the future, they spiraled out of control. I'm not talking about one or two people sick here and maybe a town that has 30 cases. I'm talking about mass illnesses that spread so fast that there was rapid population depleting happening. And you can hear that the Lord says that the people at the front line of sickness, the people at the front line of medical care, will be one of the first ones to contract it. Because when something new comes, The first thing is nobody knows what it is. And if it has those innocuous symptoms where it's just a little cough, cough, and it's just a little elevated fever that just won't leave, and I just can't shake it off, and I've taken the Benadryl, and I've had all the bed rest, and I don't know what it is. And meanwhile, a pressure cooker is at work in you, making you tired, lethargic, and you are highly viral, but your tests are not showing it because the tests are not orchestrated to know what you have because it is novel. When scarlet fever and Spanish flu and things like that showed up for the first time. They were all novel. A lot of people died in the trying to figure out what it was stage. Bubonic plague, seem. A lot of people died trying to figure out what it was because when it first showed up, nobody knows what that was. And so um, that is what is what is happening. The Lord says that the, the doctors will die trying to cure the things that come. And I spoke of it at length in the old prophecies where God says the medical books that are coming now, all the old diseases are like three sentences. There once upon a time was bubonic plague, and the rats did it. The end. He says the publishers are not motivated to print large passages or entire pages on ancient diseases because the doctors of today don't care. They trust highly in their things that they have, and they believe that they have solved it all, but they have not solved the Lord of hosts, who is still the keeper of this word called plague, 
and the keeper of the other world word called pestilence. So he says that because the doctors have little interest in the knowledge of the past, they don't want the books to have all that, and they complain. And so the, the publishers have every motivation to bring out the 15th edition and the 16th edition, and with each successive in ed edition, they minimize the truth and the lessons that old doctors, 80-year-old doctors, 70-year-old doctors, they are still walking compendiums, and they know a lot more than modern medical professionals. And so the Lord says that because the diseases that are coming haven't been seen in the last 100 years, the old guard of doctors are already on the way out. They are already passing away, and they have not passed on what they know to the new guard because the new guard doesn't want it. So we will basically be left in the care of doctors who know how to give cortisone creams, and that's about it. And when these things come up, the Lord says that they will be casualties, the nurses and all those who are working, because they will be working to try and figure out what a person has, and that will cause disease to spread like a wave, but at the proper time, the hand of the Lord will halt it, and it will halt at some place outside America's borders. And so, the wave will stop where God tells it to, and it will not go any further. The next part is civil war. Civil war is coming, and you will get your fill of the wars that you have so freely exported to others. You carried war everywhere, America. You troubled the nations. You killed the peoples. You tore up their borders, and you robbed their resources for yourself. You left women wailing, and you left children without parents. Therefore, your women will wail louder than them, and your children will be on their own. Thus says the Lord, a civil war so brutal that blood runs in the streets, man against woman, boy against girl, child against adults. A wave of madness that can't be contained will descend upon this nation, and for three long years, Americans will tear each other as if they all do not share one national anthem and one flag. Three years. This is capital letter emphasis. If prayer is not made, it will be more. More years. War will come, and the borders of America will shut such that anyone fleeing on foot will be turned back unless they know their way into the wilderness passes where you can escape into other nations. The government will turn on you. The government will go rogue. The government will be savage. The government will take off the mask, and when the people see who they are, they will break out in revolt, and they will be savagely persecuted by their own government, even to the shedding of blood. You have not heard me. You have not heeded me. You have not respected me or honored the word from my mouth. But in the end, you will be silent before me, docile, tamed, terrified. In the end, the only voice speaking, America, will be mine. This is the word of the Lord. And so, the Lord is speaking here of a theme that I have covered many times, and so I will let the, the video clips that will be placed throughout this video, I will allow those video clips to do most of the explaining. The reason that civil war is coming is because this is the punishment of America's sin. There are too many sins for me to start listing here today, so all I will say is the Lord says 
that these sins have not gone unnoticed by him and there is no way that he is going to let them go now. This is not a question of if my people who are called by my name. We have already passed that stage. When nations continue in sin, when they double down and triple down in sin, they lose the privilege of if my people that are called by my name. I'm not saying that the privilege of repentance has been taken away from the nation. Each person who hears these prophecies are fully expected by God to repent. You are expected to fall down on your knees and to seek the Lord for mercy. You are expected to fall down on your knees and confess to the sins of the nation, those that you have participated in and those that you know have existed here and you've been silent about them or you've been saying, well, that's their community, that's what their community does and I wish they would just be quiet about it and as long as they leave me alone and I'm not involved sin is still sin the sin is upon the land the sin is upon all here and so the civil war is coming and God says that it will be a minimum of three years I've said that in one of the live prayer calls that I shared there are about five or six live prayer calls that I shared last year um, and he said that the civil war will be three years minimum at the, at the very least and it could go longer and he says that uh, America will have their fill of the war that they have carried so freely to other people's countries. You carried war everywhere. You troubled the nations. You slayed people. You tore up their borders and you robbed their resources for yourself. You left women and children behind crying um, and children without parents. And therefore the women of America will wail louder than those nations wailed. And the children of America will be left as orphans on their own. And then God started to talk about the brutality of the war and how blood will run in the streets. When I speak of this, people suffer from cognitive dissonance. So they can see blood on the streets in Afghanistan on TV. CNN always makes sure to zoom in and then say, in a gaslighting manner, the images that you're about to see is disturbing. So that's how people in America take war. They take it to be images that are disturbing. But if you don't look, then of course, it means that it doesn't have the same kind of impact on you. But... War will be on the roads of America. And the Lord says that the country will shut. The government, when it goes rogue, please understand that they are the ones who have the tanks, the bombs, and the guns. And I've already explained that the war in this country is not going to be just people shooting at each other and people running off to the hills to avoid the government and things like that. There's going to be actual bombs here. And I found the clip where I said that, the prophecy, I think it was last year. So I will simply allow that clip to do the talking for me. But it's going to be the kind of... War that affects infrastructure is going to be the kind of war that destroys buildings, destroys school districts, destroys medical care. So people who are addicted to going to the hospital, people who need to keep going to the hospital, these are the concerns of having daily life disrupted that people don't think about when they hear me prophesying of war. They just say, bring it on, we're ready, we're prepped and everything. And I spoke once at the wisdom of God that you can prep, but war is like a rolling tumbleweed. We know that tumbleweeds, they roll and they get bigger and bigger, picking up more pieces as they go until they can become quite large. So small conflicts can escalate until it becomes something that is way, way out of hand, way out of boundaries. And also, a tumbleweed doesn't have much weight. So it could be rolling this way in the desert, and before you know it, the wind gusts here, and you just see the tumbleweed going that way. So the tumbleweed of conflict is in your city and you live in a certain part of the city and you can say, okay, the fighting is taking place in that city. I think, I think we'll be safe. And you have prepped for five years and then all of a sudden there's a shift. The government begins to pursue resistors this way or the resistors begin to pr pursue the government this way coming to where you live and they're shelling 
and they're going into homes and gathering people up and perhaps killing them just for no reason. Are you going to stay in that house because you prepped for five years? You're going to abandon those provisions and whoever takes control of the house is going to become the new house owner who has provisions for five years. There are no bug out bag eventualities in war. And there's a clip that will come up that will explain that to people. When people say they're ready for war, this is how you know they're absolutely not ready for war and they have no idea what a war is. When the government goes rogue, it will turn on you. It will go rogue. It will be savage. They will take off their mask and once you see who they are, you will break out in revolt, but you will be savagely persecuted by them, even to the shedding of blood. And then God says, you have not heard me you have not heeded me, meaning listened. Heard means you're not even listening. So there are people who don't even listen to stuff like this. They're automatically out there. It's just lies from a lying liar. And the way that she continues with these lies, and God says that you're the category who has not even heard him. You're too good to listen because you know all prophecy in the universe, and this doesn't hit any of the highlights for you. So it's not prophecy second group is you have not heeded me. You come to the master's voice and you listen to the prophecies, but because you can't see how it makes sense, you join the first group who do not hear. It is one thing not to hear, but it is a deeper pity to have heard and dismissed and then later find that the information was true, accurate, not only true and accurate in a natural sense, but it was spiritual and from God, but you threw it aside and you called it a lie because you as a human, couldn't figure out what God, as a non-human, was saying, and so you dismissed it. God says, you have not respected me. This is a large contingent, and it does not need any explanation. You have not honored the word from my mouth. You've listened, and you've actually heard me, but you don't honor the word in that you don't follow it. You don't repent. You don't take it seriously enough to change your life. You continue to live as a hell cat or a hell Mary, because you think that this stuff that you're hearing is still for a far-off time. You think that perhaps you are a child of God and it doesn't affect you because Noah and all that. So there's none of the proper preparations inside you going on, even though you haven't walked away as a non-hearer and you haven't heard and ignored it as a non-heeder. You are even a respecter of God, but you have no honor for the things that he says, because honor changes conduct. But God says in the end, you will be silent before him. Very docile. We all know what a docile horse is. It is a horse that has been trained and will now obey its master. He says, America will be tamed. America will also be terrified. And in the end, the only voice that will speak in America will be the voice of the Lord. So there are two matters only, and the Lord led me to speak on this, I think about three months ago. The prophecy is called Babylon War, Civil War, and things like that. I'll link it in the description. The first thing that the Lord brought up in conversation was because I, Celestial, had an experience. About two weeks ago, I was walking in my house, and I suddenly paused, and my mind was on this civil war. The aspects that I have read out in your hearing, my mind was on the civil war, and I paused, and I had a thought along the lines of, can there really be blood in the streets of America? I didn't say, Lord, can there be blood? God, I don't believe you. My heart was saying, these streets that have automated machines that are sweeping them and washing them between 4 and 5 in the morning to keep them clean, like they do in a lot of first world countries, I simply wondered, can blood be on these streets? And the thing with God is, we sometimes forget 
and he is a very present person. A lot of people struggle to hear God, but I do not have that problem. So the Lord can be very present, and I can have a thought, and sometimes he won't say anything. He will bring it up days later by starting the conversation on something I said a week ago or three days past, and I will be surprised, and it always jerks me back into this understanding. You are always with us, with me. You are always with all of us. God is the silent witness to every single thing that we say, but for most people, because they don't practice his presence, keeping in mind that he's always there when their feet are going off to places, feet should not go. When their mouths are saying things, mouths should not say. They forget that God is the ever-present witness who sees all and will ask you about it later. But this time his answer was swift. And what I heard him say was, was there not blood on the streets of Liberia? Was there not blood on the streets of Cambodia? Was there not blood on the streets of Vietnam? And I could not say anything because in Japan's case, there was not only blood, there was fused black shadows and ashes on the streets after America set off the hydrogen bomb on them years ago. So the Lord said that in this prophecy, I should return to something I mentioned three years ago. God said that Americans, it is time for you to ask your Liberian friends why they are here. If you know anyone from the nation of Liberia, God said that it's time for you to talk to these people and ask them further details about the brutality of a civil war that ate their country up for nearly 15 years, from 1989 to 1996, the first one, and then from 1999 to 2003, the second one. This conflict was so brutal. It was so embattling of that nation that it actually triggered a, a second war nearby in Sierra Leone that was equally as brutal. The brutality of that war gave rise to certain aspects. Please listen. People ate other people. Cannibalism was observed, it was suffered, and it was documented in that country. And the Lord has said that it will be the same case here. This is a biblical judgment that Jeremiah and Ezekiel gave the people of Israel, and it was not turned back by God. They indeed ate their children and ate others in a form of madness and desperation that de descended on them when God punished them for sins that they would not stop committing. People killed people for any small amount of hidden goods and resources that they had. So you could lose your life simply because you had a little rice stored away or you had a little this or a little that stored away. You could lose your life if someone with a gun or someone with more power or someone who was jealous handed you over to either guerrilla forces, as someone who was hoarding goods, you could be falsely accused of being on any side and there were multiple sides in that war. You could be falsely accused of being a supporter and you could lose your life for next to nothing. People were killed for sport. People were killed for fun. Civilians were carved up and they were given terrifying war wounds. And this happened in both Liberia and Sierra Leone. Men, women, and children were raped for no reason. Child brides were taken, just as I have said, that when Russia comes here, Russia will just sleep with whatever woman looks nice to them in the camp prisoner line, and once a Russian soldier takes you, he will be your husband, and he will see you as his wife. None of the other soldiers will touch you. They will know that he's, he's the one who's coming to you regularly to ease his frustrations, and they will not come to you. They will all choose their own person. The Chinese, I have not observed them to act like that in the visions and dreams that God has shown me. The Chinese turn sex into a business. 
So they will be looking for women and men and young children across the spectrum, male and female, and they will ship them off to their country, and they, those people will work in sex brothels. So um, that is something that I have mentioned here very clearly, and people have heard me say that multiple times. So during the Liberian Civil War, uh, men, women, and children were raped, and sexual molestation was very high. Uh, people were snitches. People were snitches. People uh, whispered to whatever faction was near, whether it was the government forces that had gone rogue or the many factions that were part of the war over time. They would turn their neighbors over in terror to save their own lives. And I covered that in the prophecy pogroms, and I covered three prophecies like that in one prophecy that I did just a few days ago that is called They Will Have Nothing. So if you want further understanding of many things that I'm speaking of at this moment, you can watch that prophecy. They will have nothing. It's just a few days old. In Liberia, when the tide turned against the government, government soldiers went rogues, rogue, and they pillaged and raped everywhere that they went. They used fear tactics, intimidation tactics. They shot um, civilians at will because they were no longer under any form of central control. And when I was writing this part late last night, the Lord was impressing upon my heart. Do Americans know how it feels when an American soldier comes to the door? And instead of feeling the full confidence that you would feel when you see a man operating under the red, white, and blue banner, a man who has taken oaths to serve, protect, to go into the ditches as Navy SEALs, to go into the skies as your pilots, to go into the seas, uh, to go on the ground as your military forces, do you know what it feels to see a son of the soil appear at your house at midnight drunk with three of his buddies and you have a wife and two daughters that are over the age of 16? Has anyone considered these things, these facts, these realities that are coming? Are these things shaping your prayer life in any way or are you simply someone who has not heard them, you've walked away, someone who does not heed them, you listen but you don't pay attention, someone who does not respect God, what, uh, what does all this mean anyway? You can tell your God this and go tell your God that. Constantly I'm told that. And the last group, people who have no honor for God's words. When you hear these words, are you breaking them down into granular pieces so that they can actually shape the way you see God? God is just. God is perfectly right to judge America. Or are you simply letting these things flow by and you are not making tactical plans such as if you are a passportless American, do you not think that it is time to perhaps change that? If you are someone who is a little bit wiser and your family has what it needs, are you seriously praying and fasting before God to understand whether relocation is for you or not for you? And if so, where should that relocation be? I'm not sent to tell you these things. That is not part of what God has me here for. God has me here to present his viewpoint in a very clear fashion. And then after that, he's fully expecting to see your face in the prayer closet on a regular basis until you know how it's going down for you when these things come. When soldiers go rogue, people get hurt. And governments will go rogue in America. It will be Americans coming to the door to enforce those death orders that I was speaking about. So all these things that I have said about the pogroms and the overarching controlling government and everything, have, have you understood by now that that is the beast system coming in to wage war against not only people in this, in this nation, but to even spread out to persecute all the nations and establish that kingdom elsewhere? 
because people think it's a situation where either America has to fight herself or it has to be Russia. People cannot conceive that we are in a very long line of dominoes of punishments that will begin to fall one after another after another until only the strongest soul who has Christ like a rod in the midst will be able to bear the coming of these things. The Lord said that in Liberia, people were scattered to the four directions of the compass. And to this very day, they live in every nation of the world. They are a people who are afraid to go home. Blood ran on the roads of Liberia, Celestial. It was a bloody conflict. CNN sent cameras to Liberia and nothing else. A bloody war a bloody conflict in Liberia. That is what they said. It was shown all over the world by CNN how men can be murderers and cannibals of their own brothers and sisters. That war lasted a long time. It displaced more than one million people and it killed a quarter of a million people. It spilled into nearby Sierra Leone, a war of the same frenzy, the same viciousness, the same rape and massacre. Sarah Leone's war killed nearly 100,000 people and displaced, scattered into the four corners of the earth between 2.4 and 2.6 million people. Those two wars alone basically tore up and destabilized the entire West African region for nearly two decades. And as God was giving me this, what was coming on my heart is all the many times that he has said, that he has said, if Canada you don't pray, Mexico you don't pray, America will drag you down with her. If you don't pray that her madness be contained within her borders, the same fever that she has, it will spill over into your borders. Because war is a spiritual dominion first. That thing is enforced by demons. That is why when people start fighting, this bloodlust enters them. It is a blood sport, and demons come and feed off that carnage, and they fuel it. They don't want humans to get a ceasefire. And you can read all these things in Greek mythology, because it is clearly written in the story of the Greek and the Roman gods that they delighted to have Greece against Thrace against wherever they delighted to have the territories of men tumbled into war because they would sit around and gaze from their high position on Mount Olympus and just laugh and laugh and laugh to see human blood flowing over the cobblestones. So this nation, Liberia, is the nation that God says, if you know their people, it is time to ask them what became of them and why God punished them for sin. Because the Lord says that your fate, America, will be just like them except it will be worse than them. And he says that when you also flee to other places, as blood runs in your streets, and when you see people shooting one another over nothing, just as people ask the Liberians in their new home, what brought you here? What happened? What did you do to make God judge you like this? That is the same way that Americans who survive and flee this war will be asked, what did you people do to make God destroy you like this? And he said that the answer that you should give is sin. The U.S. war will be everywhere. Everyone will be affected. No country will be neutral in the U.S. civil war. This does not mean that anyone is going to intervene. I have said here many times that no matter what happens in America, NATO's not going to do anything. They're not going to intervene. And how the Lord was presenting it to me is, 
Have you seen their tanks? Have you seen their bombs? Have you seen their soldiers? Do other nations have standing armies as wide and as fast and with so many resources as the United States? Can you name for me a country that will dare to come to the U.S. borders and say, we are a peacekeeping force, we're coming in, and we're going to make you stop? I was quiet because we all know who supplies the majority of stuff to the United Nations. No one's going to come here. When the government shuts the borders, inside the boxing match will commence and will go on as long or as short as people pray. God's, when God says no country will be neutral, he means that everyone is going to be talking about it. Every single person on earth is going to have an opinion about the American war. Especially affected will be those who depend on American resources and American protection. Everyone connected to America will feel her pains as she goes down by her own hand. Her own government will be fighting the people. The people will be fighting the government. And the people will be fighting and annihilating each other. And the verse that God gave me is this. For those who always say, show me the scripture. The verse is very telling, and it is 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 22 to 24. And that short passage of scripture details three armies that when you think about it and you go all the way back to Genesis when they're giving the genealogies, they are all brothers. This is Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir. Moab and Ammon are the tribes that grew out of the two sons that Lot had in an incestuous relationship with his two daughters. The man Lot, who was a Hebrew, slept with his own daughters after they ran away from Sodom and Gomorrah because they thought that the whole earth had been destroyed by those fireballs of sulfur and stuff that fell. And so the girls deceived their father and they slept with him and each one got pregnant. One gave birth to a son that she named Moab and the other one had a son that she named Ammon and they are the Moabites and the Ammonites and these are, I could say, brethren to those who came out of Abraham's line. And Mount Seir is the place that Edom dwelt. Edom is Esau. And so these are the Edomites, as they are called in the Bible, who are the direct brethren to Jacob. And so all of these are related by blood in some way to Israel. And yet, when Israel prayed in this altercation and they set into high praises to God, God caused these three brothers to receive a sort of spiritual madness right on the battlefield. And they turned on one another and killed one another. And Israel didn't have to do any fighting. The three brother groups that had joined together to come and strike them, they turned on one another and they fought one another. And the Lord said, brother fighting brother in the Bible. So it will be here. So I had said that there are two matters. The first matter was God saying that if you know people that have come from war-torn countries, if you know people from Cambodia, if you know people from uh, Bosnia and um, Herzegovina where they had uh, those ancient wars there, if you know people from Ukraine, he mentioned in one of the other videos, if you know people from Vietnam, if you know people from any country that has had a savage civil war and they have run here to America, the Lord strongly advises that you should politely speak to those people and ask you to share their experiences with them. That was one matter, that you should understand what war is and what the war, this particular war, this particular sentence, blood running in the streets that people say will never happen here, God detailed that it happened to another group of people in West Africa. So it is not impossible that it can happen here, and it will. The second matter is, it is written here called the second vision, and this is from what I said much earlier in the video. 
America will be carved up by killers who live here, killers who have been planning her destruction for a long time. These are the people that God has said, I have left you to them. I have given you over to their hands. And from here, we will go straight into the video clip that speaks about the vision of the two women that I saw, Africa that survived her vicious and brutal attack by global killers who destroy nations to get what they want, and America, whom God has shown, will not survive her brutal attack at the hands of brutal killers who kill nations to get what they want. I am celestial, and this is the Master's voice. The word of the Lord is coming forth here to those who have not heard, to those who have heard and not heeded, to those who do not respect the word of the Lord, and to those who do not honor the word of the Lord, and to those who have full reverence to what God is saying, they internalize it in their heart. They take it up as prayer points. They use it to strengthen themselves and the Lord their God, and they are seeking to find mercy from his face in all the times that we have ahead of us. God bless you, and I will continue with these videos. Um, I have received about four or five prophecies just in the short day I've been away, and I still haven't covered or finished up the ones that I posted and said that I'm going to give the full-length versions of them. God has sternly spoken to me and said that everything that I know and that I have not yet spoken, I should say it. And so I am going to say it. You will find those videos coming up in the days and weeks to come. Things that God has said to me and... Um, I didn't have the leave to publish them. He has said that the things I've said to you, whether you have spoken them, meaning whether they have been published in written form or whether they have been proclaimed as a declaration in the ears of hearers, and the things that I have not yet said, he said that they will all come to pass, and so they should be spoken, because at the time they come to pass, at the time he says, I will come and perform them, if you have not said them, he is going to look to me as to the reason why I did not say them. And I have no interest in receiving that look. God bless you, and until I see you again, goodbye. At this point, I will, I will share two visions that I have not spoken of before. Um, I only mentioned, I think, one or two sentences in reference to Africa, but I've, I've never spoken of them before. And God showed me, Africa and America in two separate visions, and both of them were women. And if you're African and you're listening, this is what the vision of Africa was. I saw here in America very, very high, tall skyscrapers, and one of them was taller than them all. And at the very topmost floor in a very lush boardroom, I saw men gather, and these men gathered around a naked black woman, and this woman was representing Africa. So they had gathered here, and they were at the top skyscraper, and they had viciously sharp knives in their hands. And that woman was on the table, and they cut her up. They carved her up every which way, and they took for themselves what they wanted from that naked, wailing woman. And as these men surrounded her, I could see the blood of this woman flowing because they were cutting her up and savaging her on the boardroom table. And I was just sort of, as an observer, watching this scene. And when they were finished with her, I saw that this, she was still alive, but she was so gouged. There were so many pieces missing from her. And God began to speak to her and tell her that he will soothe her 
He began to tell her that he would put her back together again. And then I saw that this woman was stitched up. It wasn't God who stitched her up. It was these people who had destroyed her. They tried to stitch her up again and put her back together, but she had all these jagged scars and sometimes the lines of how they sewed her up was in the wrong places. And the Lord was laying on my heart that the borders that the colonialists made were not the borders of how the Africans originally lived. So they went and they drew their own borders and they did their own things and they sometimes drew in the wrong place and cut areas where tribes that had never lived together now had to live together. And people who used to live together were now separated by the sort of strange way that they carved up this woman. And eventually she got up off the table and she was naked and she took some cloth and she tried to cover herself and she went to a corner of the room. And this woman was extremely traumatized and she was extremely distrustful she was shivering in the side in in the part of the room but there was a strong look of hatred on her face that was the first vision right after that god showed me a beautiful naked blonde on that same table in that same sky rise here in the united states and these same people that destroy countries that destroy nations gathered around this woman and that woman was so terrified because she knew exactly what had happened to the black woman was now about to happen to her but the difference with what happened to this woman is that they hacked her up completely and she did not live. So they surrounded her. They all had their big butchery knives and, and that salivating look. And they surrounded this woman. And just as they had surrounded Africa, they surrounded this woman, this beautiful blonde woman who was representing America. And they surrounded her. And then blood began to cascade off that table. But those men, in that case, that freezing, feeding frenzy, did not stop, and that woman on the table did not survive. And so God says that these malactors have set the table now for this vision that I saw years ago. I never published it. He was just showing it to me for my own teaching, my own understanding, because God teaches me a lot about historical things. I, I, don't, always, I don't always need to read what's in the books, because sometimes the people who write these books, they write it from their own victorious perspective, and they lie. So... Um, he shows me many things and just says, this is why this is like this. And so that is what I saw. And now this came through that he said, now they're ready to eat. They're ready to feast. And he said, there's nothing that anyone can do. So of course, the new people who come here or the people who still are testing my spirit, whatever they're doing, they will have something to say, but that is the Lord's word. And in that prophecy, the Lord made a statement, and he said that soon America will begin to experience rapid fire changes, rapid fire changes where it would seem as if the ground was moving up under our feet and that we couldn't trust anything, that there would be so many changes coming to the nation back to back to back that we would be stressed. And he said that in the first month, he said that in the first month, America was going to experience changes. And this was at the end of the year. Um, 2020. And then we, we came into January 2021. And in six days, we had that absolutely shocking unrest at the capital of the nation. And I remember people calling me and saying, you said it, you said it. And I'm thinking that I would wish people would have an understanding that 
the fulfillment of these things is not going to be easy for this country. There's there's no such thing as you said it. Um, first of all, I'm not in a competition with anyone. I absolutely know what God has given me. And a lot of what the Lord has given me, nobody will confirm it because it's not easy to say. So I'm not waiting uh, to have six other people pop up with the same thing and then say, yes, you see, so it was confirmed everywhere else. So uh, God has been saying since 2020, I think in the middle of the year, two prophecies came, one in July, one in August. One is called War is Coming, and the other one is called Prepare for War. And God was saying that America will surely have a violent civil war, a civil war that blood is going to run in the streets the way we always see it on TV when other people are bleeding from their civil wars um, their civil conflicts, um, and it would be a war where people in America would separate based on ideology. So this is why um, it's definitely going to be rooted in politics. It's also going to be rooted in the way the government interacts with the citizens. And so he said that it would be rooted in ideology. That would be the starting point. People would not be able to have civil conversations with one another. People would not be able to find common ground. People would not be able, American will be unable to relate with American until basically people in their hearts will write off huge chunks of people. So racially, Huge chunks of one race will just write off the other race and just be like, well, they're all this and they're all that. And um, gender and different types of, um, you see the different wars that we're having uh, in sexuality and things like that. People would find it's not real, but it would seem to people as if there's absolutely no point of commonality. And therefore, when you come to that point, where you feel you have no common ground with someone else, then whether that person lives or dies becomes very teeny tiny important to you. And so that's why this war will be so violent, because people will literally feel that they are fighting against and eliminating trash. But basically he showed me that America would go into a brutal civil war, brother against brother, and the country is going to experience some um, almost it's going to be almost like the lockdown. The country will be locked down. And what I saw was foreigners fleeing. As far back as 2015, I wrote a very detailed email, and the Lord told me to share this. I wrote a very detailed email, and I sent it to about 50 people, and about 40 of the people on that email were my family. So you might think, oh, I'm just sitting here, and I dropped out of the sky. I have family. I'm connected to people. I speak to them. So I know what it is when your family listens to you, and I know what it is. When your family does not listen, the majority of my family absolutely did not even respond to that email. It was like I had never sent an email at all. And yet the Civil War is coming. People fleeing to South America, people fleeing to Africa, people going as far afield as Asia. I saw people racing into South America who are not even South American. And um, here, with one of my dearest sister's permission, I will share... Um, Two dreams that she had, this was many years ago, I think, in 2014, I was sharing with her, this woman has been in my life forever, and I was sharing with her about the things that the Lord was starting to show me, them very concerning things, and I was trying to lead her to understand how important these things were. Now, I understand 2014 was a very long time away, because this is 2022, but for me, the urgency was 